This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Right out of the door! With your host, Mark Martinez. Because I'm the Mark. And I'm awesome! The Guru. Today I'm going to break it down for all you simpleton sweat hogs listening out there in Can Crusher Nation. I don't mean to come out here week after week and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. And the English professor. It is I, the English professor from the County of Kings, speaking the English of the Queen. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the Dumpster Drossy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. If you can tell, I'm a little bit jovial today because this is my favorite podcast. I lied. I love the spotlights, but when we do the weekly shows... This is my favorite weekly show episode because in the second segment, it is Ask Can Crushers finally returning after a little bit of taking some break. I am the only one in studio as both the other yahoos are at their houses. That's enough. That's good enough for you guys. You guys both look like you just woke up. Good morning, fellas. Yeah, blow it out your ass. Yeah. About it. Oh my! Really? This is what I'm getting today from you guys. You know, you know what else you're gonna get? You need to get a a different fucking hoodie. Why? I got drafted by them fuckers in MLB 20. I have seven starts. Sean, how many fucking runs of support do you think I got in those seven starts? Total, all seven games? Yes, and I went at least seven innings in every game. Two to three a game, 20. Yeah, you're smoking fucking crack. I got five fucking runs. Over seven games? And you know who two of them came from? Yourself. Me with a two-run fucking homer with my first at bat. Wow. So you don't like my new Tigers hoodie? No. I don't like it. I've, I've given up. I've, I've figured out how I'm going to fuck myself getting drafted by them. I purposely have to suck to not get drafted by them. Uh, and, then, and then, you dirty bastards, earlier this week, one of your pitchers throws a no-hitter. Yeah. How about I'm that? Like, I'm like, who the fuck did they draft him from the day before he played? <laughs> All right, so... Back-to-back days. A Tiger and a Yankee through no hitters. Yeah, Tigers go first, though. Yeah, Kluber's was almost a perfect game. He walked one guy. Uh, you can both probably want to know why I'm wearing a hoodie, because I just put Icy Hot on my shoulder, and it kind of keeps the heat in there uh, yeah, and yeah. for everything they got going on. Um, I don't know. I, I really... I don't know. The weekend wrestling... Is the week in wrestling? Like, ask Can Crushers is going to be fun. In our third segment of all our updates of what's going on and uh, love them while we got them is going to be great. But this first segment might be a struggle for us, huh? 
Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll get to everything as we get to it. Um, but I suppose we should start with. Well, no, we start with, well. Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, your weekends, your weeks. We we always do our, you know, because I got family that just like listening to the first 15 minutes about knowing what's going on in my life. I've been anxious to get back to the movies, and I've read some reviews. I don't know that I want to spend the money. I'm going to wait till next week. This week I wanted to see The Unholy. It's just like one of the, I love horror movies, suspense, thrillers, um, but it's just like another rehash of statues bleeding, and you think it's Jesus, but it's Satan, and, and just all that stuff. But it got canned. I mean, just terrible reviews. So I don't know if I want to go see that. But next week is the uh, next installment of The Conjuring, which has gotten great reviews. I love that whole franchise, seven or eight movies, whatever is in, a, in it. So I can't wait for next week. That's what I'm doing next week. This week, um, tell you a little bit about playtime very quickly. Um, I teamed up, follow the logic here, Andre the Giant with the black strap on, and Demolition Axe. Who can tell me why I created that? I should have saved this for us, can crush. We'll just get this out of the way right now. The machines. Who can tell me why the machines? Exactly, exactly. And I remember having this conversation with Mark. Andre was not a machine, though. It was a guy. Andre was not a machine. It was a guy in a mask. Right. I remember having this conversation with Mark about, like, can I double guys up? If I know somebody, we know somebody with somebody else. And I asked about, uh, you know, Skinner. Can he be Steve Kern? And you texted back. This was a while ago. You know, it could be whatever you want it to be. And then, you know, the machines with Andre and Axe with the big rubber guys. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then I could tell where I kind of not hit a nerve, but even Mark was like, no, there, there's a line here. And I asked him if I can use Doink the Clown as Matt Bourne. And that's about where Mark was like, yeah, they're yours. Do whatever you want to do. But that hurt a little bit, right? Yeah, that one, yeah. because it's a clown. Like, you could pretend yeah. that Andre has a mask on, or you could pretend Skinner, it, it, you know, is... Like in his glamour outfit. Or yeah. He's fantastic. <sighs> to turn... Yeah. To turn... To turn Doink into Big Josh... Yeah. ...is rough. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It didn't work well. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, your week... How did baseball go this week? Um, not the Yankees, your son and your team. I know (laughs) you guys, I've coached for a while. This is like my therapy session. Um, I think I'm done after this year. I've never had a group like this ever. They have forced me into retirement. Um, (laughs) they transplants from Detroit. (laughs) It catches up to all of us. I think like. The days of Lou Pinella and Joe Torre are gone. I don't think Tony La Russa, and I don't want to go off on a tangent here, not sticking up for your player and saying you can understand the other team throwing at him, which is what he said. I don't care how you sugarcoat this. If I were that kid, I know he's got no control over anything. I'd make a statement and say, trade me. Trade me now. I don't want to play for this guy. You get paid to swing the bat these days. That's what you get paid to do 
Uh, feelings, you don't get paid for feelings. Get the guy out if you want to get him out. Um, if a team is losing badly and the pitcher's ahead 0-2, do you get a free ball? Hell no. So why should you get a free strike? Because you suck as a pitcher on that day. That's bullshit. But anyway, um, what I'm saying is this has passed me by. I don't have much to offer these kids. These kids, I spend more time disciplining than coaching actual baseball. I don't know. If they hear this, they hear this. Um, most of them, not all of them, one or two good ones, they're animals. They are animals. Um, and they've just worn me down. I benched a kid for throwing dirt in another kid's eyes. When his dad asked him why he's sitting, he said he didn't know. And I went up to his dad and said he threw dirt in that other kid's eyes. I mean, just picked up a handful and threw it in his, like Mr. Fuji. <laughs> Absolutely went Fuji on him. And I was like, you know what? You're sitting. And I'm going to send an email out saying, look, we've been over this and over this and over this. The importance of not throwing dirt, because here's what can happen. I'm telling you guys, I have a game Tuesday night. I'll bench the whole team. I will have the other team hit against nobody. You. It comes down to that. Against you. I'll play. The coaches will play. At least we'll have fun. Can you call me? I will drive down for that. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like Wiffle. Maybe Kelly can come and we can have a Wiffle Bowl game all over again. It's still a sore subject, by the way, in this house. (laughs) Um, let me piggyback you this week and then let Chad go last. I told you. I told you this probably five, six, seven years ago, maybe. I'm like, it, it, it takes you for a while. I, Ethan dropped out of sports probably two years ago and I thought, well, maybe. I, I, I still have that love. No, I didn't. I didn't because of the same things that you said. But I'll tell you what, this past week and the prior week, one or two games a week of umpiring, it's still, my fuel is there, the fire is still there, uh, I don't have to have them looking like monkeys jumping around the whole freaking dugout or the sidelines for soccer or anything, I worry about them when the catcher's right in front of me and the batter's right in front of me. Uh, if a kid is standing on top of the plate, I'll be like, hey, little man, slide back a little bit. Or if the catcher's crowding the plate, I'm like, dude, I'll call catcher's interference. I don't care. It's more about your hand that I'm worried about. You know, if you, so little things like that, if they remember that, I'm still coaching. I'm still around the game, but I'm also umpiring. I don't have to do the practices. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I'm there for two, two and a half hours, and I check out. Yeah, some of the parents, what was a ball? Get your fat ass off of the bench, off of the bleachers, and come and do this. Nobody's knocking down walls or gates or anything to help these kids out. So I love going out there. The umpire still being part of the game, but well, it's that. Mark, don't you know that, like, you know, the, the Billy Beans and Brian Cashman's are there, and if you call a strike three on a seven-year-old kid, that that's it. His career's over. I know. I, yeah. I know. 
I walked up to a visiting team, and I'm not going to say who it is. I walked up to a visiting team my first game back, and I'm like, hey, um, I've always been around the game. I haven't umped in 10 years. I said, this is an MLB, right? He kind of gave me a, a cockeyed look because it was a backhanded slur right to him saying, this isn't going to be one of these games. My strike zone is pretty wide, first of all. Because at that age, yeah. if they're not swinging the bat, they're not playing the game. I'd rather, at that age, I would rather have a kid strike out a hundred times in one year in the seven games that we play compared to eight walks. Yep. Because it's not teaching them anything. And a six-inning game will take four hours. Right. If your strike zone is, you know... Compared to the MLB. I it ought to be, or tighter right. at least. Yeah, a pitcher, kid that age, is consistently hitting his spots. It can't be a foot off the plate, but, you know, a little bit wider of a zone to get kids to swing the bat, to build up a pitcher's confidence so he's not walking 20 kids in anything. Absolutely with you on that. Yep. So, uh, otherwise, I'm on drugs again, just to let everybody yeah, know. Nice. Uh, a week ago... I did something. Uh, this is my update. I did something at work. I felt um, a pull, a pop, a, a wiggle, something in my shoulder. And I thought, I'm 44. It was a Friday. I'm like, I'm 44. I'm just, I'm just sore. Well, last Saturday I woke up and I, I don't know, I, I couldn't move my right arm. Whatever, cool. Shook it out and put my little shocking system on it. Did everything that I know, you know, dipped it in salt and hot sauce and, you know, all the old-fashioned type of things or whatever. Um, heat, ice, all that. Nothing. All week, work, work, work. It's a, it's a pull between the shoulder blade, the elbow, and the bicep. In the morning, I, I look like, uh, I don't know, a statue. Well, I'll just leave it like that so we're PC. Uh, finally got to the doctor yesterday and gave me some muscle relaxers and, well, not yesterday, Friday. Uh, we are recording Sunday. I just misspoke. Um, so they said, hey, if these muscles relaxers don't work, and it's a comp thing, of course, uh, call back on Monday. You'll need to have, you know, MRI and this, that, and the other thing. I'm telling you, it is like Mick Foley and Terry Funk are throwing chairs inside my bicep at each other. Wow. So you're like Tom Brandy in the Royal Rumble when Terry Funk and, and Mick, uh, Chainsaw Charlie yes. attacked as Jack beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just from shoulder to elbow. I, I don't know. Doc thinks it might be a, a severe uh, pinched nerve, but I, muscle relaxers kind of kicked that out right off the bat, I would think. Yeah. This has been pretty much two days on them now, and the only thing they make me do is sleep. Yep, I know what you mean. So, yeah, your back is out. So we've talked a lot. Chad, are you going to join us today? Oh, yeah, I was I was waiting. I didn't want to interrupt your, you know, thoughts on baseball. Um, you know, I, I agree with what you're talking about, the coaching in that you got to get the kids into play. You don't you don't want them sitting there. You don't want them, you know, wanting the back growing moss on their shoulders and shit like that. You want to get them active in there. 
at this age. When they get older, when it gets high school and stuff and that, yeah, obviously, hey, learn the art of watching the pitch and stuff. But at this stage, you want them kind of, to me, I want to say you want them dabbling in a little bit of everything of the game. Yep. You, you don't want them trying to be one thing this way, one thing that way. I still say you got to toss some kids at this point. If they look at you cockeyed, you're out of here. I did, I did have, let me jump on this real quick. I did have one kid, no disrespect, um, might not have known the rules of the game at this age, might be his first year or whatever. He swung at all three that were in the next area code. Um, and then turned around and called me a melon head for calling him out. So, like, they were legit. He would have had three balls on him because they were in the other batter's box. He looked at me, he's like, you're a melon head. And then walked back to the dugout when I said he was out. And I'm like, all right, I, whatever. Do you, do you know when you're playing that team again or when you're umping that team again? Yeah, I do. It's Tuesday. You know what you ought to do? Tuesday night. You go down to the grocery store? And get some kind of melon and walk over and hand it to the kid. <laughs> All right. That's just nah, – this, uh, this week has been good. Um, just been a lot of lot of listening to the uh, couple of new podcasts that we'll talk about um, that have come up the last couple of weeks. Uh, just chilling, taking, taking it easy, enjoying the really nice weather and – yeah, being a bum as usual. John, you were starting to say something. Just that kid's coach needs to hear what happened. I think just yeah, not even for disciplinary measures. Not that your feelings are hurt or anything, but his coach needs to know so that he can explain to his kids, all of them, not just that kid. Hey, look, you don't argue with the umpire. You don't call him names. I no. I one of the <laughs> the kids. Dad is one of my friends. I instantly went right over. I was joking with him. And this kid is like, oh, my God, I didn't hear that. He's like, he apologized. Dad was like, okay, oh, okay. because he's actually a coach, too. Um, off air, I'll let you guys know who it is. Um, he's like, I don't know. He's got to bug up his ass or something. So I'm like, oh, I just, it's me. I don't care. You can call me anything. I don't care. But it, he meant no ill will over it. If it gets to the point that I know it's ill will, yeah, then we'll be talking about something. This kid was right. seven and legit might have been his first game. Didn't really understand everything. Cool, because that was his very first at bat. Second at bat came up. He understood. So XYZ's, you know, dad told him that, you know, this, this, and this. Still didn't get a hit, but. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. we, just, we just need to, when we know Mark's going to be umping and be there. You need to come down here, and we need to sit in the stands and heckle the shit out of here. I can throw fans out, too, dickheads. I can throw fans out, too. That would be fun. Oh, I'll just heckle you on both sides of the ball. You can't throw me out for arguing for both teams. I can throw you out for being an asshole. So you probably shouldn't even drive there. So, so yeah, I was going to say, it probably takes me, what, a whole ten minutes to drive there? Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to wrestling. Uh, this week we had 
Well, it is a rough week in wrestling. Let's just start like this. And this, uh, this past week, we had uh, a death, Don Kernodle. Uh, everybody remembers Don from the NWA days, Crockett days. Um, ended up taking his own life. Chad? This one, um, obviously he, you know, he was more active when I, I was a lot younger, um, with the Russians, with Ivan Koloff and, and Nikita, um, Sergeant Slaughter, the Jay, you know, Sergeant Slaughter and him versus Jay Youngblood, Ricky Steamboat. Um, this one kind of just, I, I want to say it hurt, not like when the animal passed away or Shad Gaspar, but this one was different for me because when I, my oldest brother Justin was getting ready to go to, go in the military and do his stuff. The last thing that he did before he went in the military, and this meant a lot to a little kid like me, he got wrestling book for me and it was reviewing the Don Cronado, Sergeant Slaughter, Jay Youngblood, Steamboat Steel Cage match. So this instantly brought me back to then. Um, you know, as, as someone who is, fought the depression battle in that um i just man it, this one just hurts for di for different reasons uh but i to his to his family his friends his fans um you know or our thoughts and prayers are out to you um to Don himself, I, I hope he has found the peace that he could not find here on Earth. Yeah, uh, I also remember him from his WWF days. He never got past sort of the lower card. Um, when, not just kayfabe, but when somewhat of an acknowledgement of a wrestler's past was still a thing. Uh, um, I believe, and Chad, you can probably speak better to this, when he and Sarge finally lost the Crockett version of the NWA World Tag Team Championship, I think it was Kernodal who got pinned. And when they went to the WWF, the story was that he was now on the lower card. He had to work his way back up to the top of the Cobra Corps, I guess, or whatever. But um, solid in the ring, solid hand. Um I guess he was battling with a lot of uh, what I've read is a lot of um, health issues. So uh, that's sad. That, that's that's tough to hear. Uh, and just to reiterate what Chad said, hopefully um, he's he's found some peace. I I echo everything that you guys said, so I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, I just want to go out and say this to Can't Crush Your Nation guys. Um, our Facebook's always open, our email's open, uh, if you don't want to put your name and you just want to type to us or me or any one of us, um, I'll, I'll get the message to the other two jabrones, um, yeah, depression's, depression sucks, it does, and 
let's let's just throw this out here. You know, last year I was really, really, really hit by it. Uh, it's people like John and Chad and other friends that. Um, I was told one time they'd rather sit up with me at three o'clock in the morning, watching me cry, or talking about nothing, than sitting at a funeral. Or you know, the, the wording of that's not right, but you know, this is coming from my heart. I'd rather, I'd rather spend three hours listening to you vent than ten minutes reading your eulogy. Yeah. See. Chad, you guys are better with words when I start to get emotional, but um, we're like that. We we don't want to hear of anybody going down this path. Um, reach out to us. Um, I I know it's a text and or uh, an email or whatever, but we'll talk to you guys. This this is not the way. Um, I hope you're at rest, Don. Um, and I'll be praying for your family because. The pain's on them now, which really sucks. Um, yeah. So, we- I do want to. I want to throw something out to anybody out there. You know, Can Crusher Nation and that. Obviously, we are always here. Um, if you want to, there is online help available. Uh, help dot com. H-E-L-P dot com. Um, video uh, uh, consultation and that uh, with an actual person. It is very, very, very inexpensive. Um, is a little help out there. Um, I know we don't talk about this person uh, as least amount as possible, but there's a code um, from another podcast that you can use for uh, 10 to 20 percent off of your session. Uh, JCE. So it'd be help.com slash JCE. Uh, take advantage of it, people. You know, um, I don't care. This is my soapbox. I don't care what it takes for you to not exercise what you think is the only option. Um, you you think of of your kids, your pets, your mom, your dad, your brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, whatever, friends, uh, sports teams, I, 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 your your dog. We get it. Whatever it takes. For you to not not do that, do it. Um, I I just don't care. I don't whatever it takes. Get a hold of somebody, do something. I don't care if you got to go down to the you know local cop shop and just be like, you know, I'm thinking on doing this. Do something because it is a final decision to a temporary problem. Yep. A couple others we're going to talk about. Uh, on the 17th, it was one year that Shad Gaspar passed away in his heroic saving of his son. So, 
You know, we talked last year a lot about Shad when this happened, so we're still cheersing him. And today, today is 22 years. Owen Hart um, passed away on that tragic day. And this is where I'll jump in before I let these guys talk. Guys, if you have not listened to any of My World by Jeff Jarrett, um, this week he released uh, an Owen Hart tribute. Um, talks about everything we know for the first hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. But the last half an hour, 45 minutes, guys, make sure you have your tissues, your Kleenexes or anything, because... Um, if you had been driving by me uh, in the garbage truck, you would have saw me bawling. Jeff opens up. He cries. It made me cry. Uh, we talked about Jarrett uh, recently on the show. Love him while we got him. Have him for John's sake and purpose. Um, this one was tough. This one was really tough. And Jeff Jarrett, again, um, that made me rewind to Altoona when I met him and how much he is an amazing stand-up man. And I... I don't know, man. It it was touching what he, what him and Conrad Thompson had to say about Owen Hart. So if you have time today um, and you're listening to us right now, cool. Continue to listen to the rest of this because Ask Can Crushers is coming up. But then after that, um, it's going to rain later on, and it's going to rain the rest of this week up in our neck of the woods. So uh, make sure you listen to My World, the Owen Hart one, with because it's unbelievable. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's about... It's close to three hours. It's yeah. about three hours. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody's aware it's a long one, but um, I will definitely be giving that a listen today. And there is, we'll be talking about, there's some other podcasts that have started this week and that, uh, but off of that, uh, something to remember about Jeff Jarrett too. And Mark, you'll recall this, uh, John, I don't know if you knew this. I, I, I didn't put it all together until I listened to this podcast, May 23rd, 2007, is when Jeff Jarrett lost his first wife to breast cancer. She had been diagnosed, um, if I'm remembering the time right, uh, two weeks after Owen Hart passed away. Yep. Uh, and found out she was pregnant four weeks after that, Mark? About, yeah. Four or six weeks after that. Um, oh, wow. And Jeff started cracking, and you'll get to the point of this. I don't mean to give it away. It's not like it's not going to hit you the same. But in talking about his wife, too. So this was, you know, they through almost roughly eight years, and she passed away on the same day. Um, she said it was it was kind of funny. He got a chuckle out of it. He was like, she was always saying how Owen would prank them and everything, and then he's like, you know, good good one, you two. Now I only got to mourn on one day a year. Yeah, he did make light yeah, of I'm that. I'm like, fuck, I about lost it on that one. John, any thoughts on Owen real quick? He was he was awesome. I was a big fan. Um, it, it's, it's all been said. It never gets easier. It feels like 
yesterday, even though it's been 22 years. It's it's wild to think that it's been that long already. Um, and, you know, we've talked about him before. I just want to reiterate when they did the dark side of the ring. Right? They did an episode yep. on, on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, you know, the battle with his family on one side, you know, the family, his wife and children versus his siblings, what to do with his legacy. You're always going to be able to find Owen Hart's work out there. Is it the DVD that Brett wants? Probably not, but you know, he's, he's not ours. That's what I said last time. That's all I'll say again. He's not ours. He's theirs. And if ever he should be theirs, it's now. Um, so if this is what they want, this is what they want. You, you know, we're fans, and that's about where it ends. So let his family handle this how they think they should be handling this. Great transition, John. Great transition. All right. Let's see if we can power through a week of wrestling in, I don't know, 20 minutes. Well, we probably can because it wasn't stellar. Because we have last can crushers coming up pretty soon, and I'm excited. Yes. Um, right down Monday through Friday, we'll just go thoughts on backlash and we're not breaking down matches, yeah. but by the way, John, you got two wrong. I got them all right. I win. Yeah. 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 It's, um, worse than Dustin Rhodes and the blacktop bully in the back of a truck and Ming versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan in a karate fight. It was worse than that pay-per-view however many months ago where Oscar could have just taken the elevator, but she took the steps. It's the worst goddamn thing I've ever seen. It was shameful. I, I can't tolerate the half a step forward and the ten steps back. They, they don't know what they're doing anymore, or they just don't care. They've become such a huge corporation that they need to work in this zombie-sponsored video game or movie. Uh, it's the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen. That's saying something. If you had to pick a favorite match, though, what was your favorite match? <sighs> Roman Reigns can work. Roman Reigns can work. I think the guy gets a bad rap. He's better than what maybe some people think. That's about what I got out of this thing. Chad? Oh, how many comparisons can I have here? Um, this was so shitty they could could have crapped through a fucking screen and not touch the sides. Um, this was... I'll, I'll tell you, and th- this will... <laughs> really driving home how fucking bad this pay-per-view was to me. And I'm going to say, yeah, the Roman Reigns match for the, 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 the I don't want to, the brutality of it, the, you know, big guys and the shit that they were doing, that was, I think, the best match on the card. Other than that, the drizzle and shit, this fucking actually made me, I never thought anything could be worse than a fucking Kenny Omega and Young Bucks matches. You know, I thought they were, like, only one step above worm shit. This fucking thing is 
into the core of the earth. It's so fucking bad and so glow. I to cleanse my palate, I had to put on AEW and fucking watch Omega and Young Bucks. <laughs> so this this fuck this zombie shit. Vince McMahon, the old man, rolling over in his grave. If he could come back as a zombie and kill his son for putting his shit up, he fucking probably would. I'm with John. This is the worst that I've ever fucking seen. This, this is, it was bad. Aside from the stupid shit, like, come on, guys. Come on. I, I expect more out of Charlotte, Oscar, and Rhea Ripley. It was... Uh, I expect more from Seamus and Ricochet. You know? I expected more from, from Bianca and Bailey. None of it was any good. This was a Raw on a Sunday night. Is all. Yep, my thoughts exactly. All it was... Uh, one note that I have. Hey, cool. Thanks, Corey Graves, for giving a shout-out to the Monroeville Mall. That's one of my notes, that I had to dive that deep about the Monroeville Mall, which was a great mall back in the day, especially yeah. his age. And it's yeah, right and next go over to Comic-Con. Go over to Moyo's. Yeah, Comic, well, yeah, then Moyo's Italian Bakery, which is still there. That's still a great bakery. Love that place. Yeah. I should go there today. I haven't been there in so long. We should go there next week. Yeah, we should. We absolutely should. I love that bakery. Sorry, I totally, I'm fat and I got excited about pastries. Go ahead. What were you saying? Let's, no, let's go there. I'll come down early. Let's go there next week uh, prior to wrestling. All right. Deal. I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh, I can't, yeah, you guys are right. Let's move on to Raw, which was which even better. better. Which is even better. Um... I don't know. There, I, I'm looking at my notes and nothing is standing out saying, this is what happened. Did we really think that Mace and T-Bar were ever going to answer the challenge to Bobby Lashley? No. Crickets. We get another Lumberjack match. And let me say this. Let me say this. What a horrible way to return after being out for months. You return as a Lumberjack. And they say, oh, my God, Nikki Cross is back. She's a lumberjack. She doesn't get any glitz and glamour. She's a freaking lumberjack. And then probably won't see her for a couple weeks again. Barry even worked into a story. You know what I mean? There would have been a time where Mr. Perfect is that, you know, there were special guest referees, secret referees at WrestleMania 10. It's Mr. Perfect, and the crowd pops. Let's not forget, last year, the narcissist screwed him over by using the ropes for the pin and then blasted him with his forearm after the match. He disqualifies Lex Luger, so they do like a switch where now Mr. Perfect's the villain again. You guys, you know what I'm talking about. My point is, you bring somebody back in a lesser role. Not a surprise tag team partner, but they're a surprise lumberjack, a surprise referee. Do something. Like, make us care that this person is back. You just, oh, yeah, hey, there she is. Oh, okay. And, and, and to your point, 
Mark, there's no indication we'll see her again. None. None. We okay, did get this return. Go ahead. Her fucking return in this match. I'm going to equate to the night before. Who was who? Who returned to the WWE in the fucking zombie match? Uh, I don't remember. I, I totally forgot it because I wanted to forget the whole fucking pay per view. Who returned? So I'll have to look it up. But somebody as a wrestler returned as a fucking zombie. Oh my. God, oh, I didn't I, know that. I figured they were all maybe indie stars or guys well, getting a cup of coffee, as they say. But I, I didn't know, like, some of them were, you know, former WWE wrestlers. Some Jeez. of them were NXT wrestlers, and one was a, rest, a wrestler coming back after injury. I just can't remember who it was offhand. Neither do they. Uh, we do get note on Monday night that Miz is torn in ACL. And we'll be on the shelf. Legit injury for a while. Um, Probably got eaten, I would imagine. I'm, right. He, he should be dead. I know. How does he come back as the Miz? I'm going to say this, and I don't, I don't mean to be... I don't wish ill will on anybody in wrestling. I don't want to see people get injured and, you know, lose time in their career and stuff like that but my first thought when I heard that he got injured in that match good for you motherfucker for doing the match yeah you know good for you you know the the thing with Rhea Ripley you know chunking Becky Lynch's neck a while ago didn't go over this fucking zombie match didn't go over so maybe some time off Shayna Baszler yeah, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah. Monday sucked as well. Tuesday, uh, probably the night of wrestling. It, it was a good card. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Tony Storm Stark match. I love the Logano MSK match. Uh, the promos were great. NXT is just there. Uh, it really yeah. is. And then uh, Champ and Thatcher against Logano, not MSK. That's what I meant. Go ahead and talk about it. I have a question. Who's the diamond mind? So answer everything on NXT for me. Um, okay. I love the opening match, too. I'm going to agree with you there. I think Zoe Stark is a future star. She's in awesome shape. Um, Tony Storm gets a statement victory here. I don't know what the hell that was she used at the end, and I like rewinded it and watched it again so that I could remember how to describe it. I tried to take notes but it was some sort of kind of reverse spinning brain buster it looked wicked i'll say this about them they looked dangerous and safe at the same time if that makes any sense like the moves looked wicked where you're like oh my god she killed that girl that's it it's over but at the same time they looked so safe that as a fan i wasn't like I was calm. I was enjoying what I was seeing. I wasn't anxious because I thought somebody was going to get hurt. They looked like two professionals, and it was an awesome match. Um, the cage match at the end is one of the best I've seen, um, period. But, but also considering the circumstances um, of what you can do in a cage match these days, I'll say it every time 
on my normal mark, I think Brett and Owen wrote the book on a, having a match that is not a bloodbath, where you use more drama and more psychology. That's what these guys did. Um, also, every single spot was for a reason. They worked up to it. It wasn't just, I'm going to pick this guy up because I'm big and strong, climb the ropes, and powerbomb him. No, it's Gargano trying to get out, and it's, um, what the hell? Reed. The Australian guy. Reed, thank you. It's Reed getting under him and powerbombing him off. You know, all the escape attempts by Gargano, all the interference by Austin Theory. Great psychology to where you're thinking, oh, shoot, he's going to cheat to win. Oh, no, wait, Reed's going to win. Good back and forth stuff. Um, solid card start, start to finish. I could have taken her left Killian Dan Alexander Wolf, but there was a betrayal, which I guess is now a story. But good card, man. Good card. NXT brings it every single week, which is why we break it down match by match. We have other stuff to get to this week, but uh, solid card. Chad? What was your question? Who's, who's who? We'll get to that. We'll get that. I'll save uh, it. Okay. Um, you know, great women's match, Tony Storm. I sat, they looked very fluid. That was, that was my one thought that was going the whole time. They looked fluid. They were laying their shots in, not throwing them from halfway across the ring and having to edit two videos together to make it look close. Um, I really enjoyed that match. Um, the, the cage match and the, NXT North American title, I thought was a really fucking good match. Uh, I, I I would like to say I would have rather seen this match on the pay-per-view. It might have helped it come up to a quarter of a star, but um, great, great match. I thought it was a good show all around. My favorite was still, I, I loved... Love the, the cage match. Echo everything you guys said. Apparently I'm going to echo. That's the word of the day for me, echoing what you guys say. Um, Champion Thatcher against Logano. Wonderful match. Wonderful match because with MSK being the champs, there's a team there waiting to see who gets the number one contendership. Um, Grizzle Young Vets come out and cause a, a disturbance. Which we said last week we want to see more of them and Thatcher and Champa together, so we're gonna get it. Uh Logano and MSK is gonna be a freaking barn burner. So that match has eight other matches involved there some way, building something with every tag team. Perfect, 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 perfect there. Um transition over to AEW on Wednesday night. I don't know. It, it it was one of their tape shows, first off. You can always tell the tape show because they don't know a match is going to happen, but as soon as the match is over, they have their graphics set up, and boom, they're ready to go for the following week. Um, that's the way I can tell it's a tape match. Uh, Britt, again, uh, can, can we pat Britt on the back anymore? We, we consistently always say how awesome Britt is. I don't, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the Red Velvet and Serena Deeb match because Serena had a different really attitude. Good. Anthony yeah. Agogo just does nothing for me. Not a damn thing. I thought 
Austin Gunn was Billy Gunn for a second. Because Billy Gunn still looks in phenomenal shape and still looks young. They look like brothers more than father and son. Yeah. Um, I think that kid's got a bright future. I really do. I thought his father was very good. I think this kid's going to be really good as well. Obviously, he's just there to kind of get punched in the stomach and spit blood. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that match kind of served its its purpose. Um to your point, Mark, Serena D, Red Velvet, very good match. Maybe the match of the night. Um, Hikaru Shida versus Rebel just kind of, again, served its purpose. It was to get Britt Baker involved there. You, you praised her. We always praise her. Um, I love Moxley and Kingston as a team. I do. I hope they're the next champions. I agree. I think they will be. I think they will be. Uh, and what I like about AEW is, like NXT, just a few championships. It's like what WWF was back in the day with it, three titles, and that was it. And can you win any or all or some of those three titles? You know, you have Moxley's a former world champion and will likely be a tag team champion here soon. Um, and I like Christian Cage. I don't know if he's grown on you yet. Mark? Not yet. I thought it was a good match with Matt Seidel. I do. I do. It was one of, you know, I said solid match between these two. There's, I don't, he's just missing something of Christian right now. I don't know if he, and I know they're just building him up and he's been off for seven years or something. There's just something that doesn't, I love him. I've always loved him. I love him as a peep. I love him as in the brood. I do love him. But me just jumping in behind him right now, I'm not there yet. I, I don't know. He needs to get off of this uh, mid-card type of deal thing, I think. Him against Miro would probably make me excited. Tag team championship match, very good. Um, I'll get the bad out of the way. There was a point my son counted to 30 while both young bucks were in the ring. And that's he. that was at a point where he was like, boy, they've been in there a while. Let me start counting now. So maybe they were in there 30 seconds already. However, however, they've toned down the super duper flippity high spots for no reason. They're very good heels. Um, you know, we say if you can touch on reality a little bit, then it makes for good wrestling TV. Where they pretended to be Brian Pillman Jr. crying. I know that was the week before. That that was rough. That was rough, but it was good. Yeah. Um, the body language, the facial expressions, they're such douches. This is what was missing. These guys keep doing this. If Chad could reach through the screen and punch me, he would. Um, I might become fans of these guys. If they keep doing what they're doing here. <laughs> I can get behind them. I, I enjoyed this match. Yeah, I can get behind them like a robber gets behind somebody with a fucking gun to their head. Wow. Not a thing. I, 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 I like in, in the weirdest, most off sense of the word, I like this part better of this part of them better than I did before because they're not badasses. They're dickheads in every way, shape, and form of the word to me. But they, they're they playing more of themselves. 
ego-driven dickheads. Same with Omega. Ego-driven dickheads. Now, would I like to see Omega get upset by Shark Boy and lose the fucking title to him? Yeah. Would I like to see the Young Bucks get upset by, you know, fucking Sky Low Low and Little Tokyo? Yeah. But these guys are doing better as dicks. Don't try to be good guys. Don't try to be badasses. Yeah. And I'll just yeah. leave that at that with them. I like... And so help, if you become a supporter of them, and they're doing anything else but this, John, I will poison you. I will find... <laughs> <other> people... <laughs> wow. Uh, again... I will fire you from our booking. Uh, oh, wow. I'll it, get your son in here. Look at Sylvan the book. That'd be good. You guys should let your kids book one one week. That's a great Dude, spin. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm telling you, it just would be one high spot after another. Right. I'd love Top to see rope shit. I'd love yeah. to see what Vinny and Sylvan do. Uh, one shot taken from AEW to WWE this week was Archer saying to Miro, "Remember when you were always looking for your day, Russo's day?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. Uh, Smack yeah. Smackdown. Well, what was your question? I no the question the question is going to be saved now for asking questions. Uh, okay, okay, got it. Yeah, this way we can all answer it. Um, the SmackDown main event was for the IC Championship. Cruz keeps the title. Um, a six woman match that happened because for no reason at all. Shinsuke and Corbin. Uh, Rick Boggs plays a mean ass guitar apparently. Uh, dissension between Jimmy because he wants a tag match with his brother and Sonya says, okay, take on the Street Profits. And that's it. SmackDown there we go. was lesser than less. Wasn't which... Reigns beat down by the... Everybody. Disseminating Uso brother? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Was he? Yeah, I, don't I, I'm, I might have fast-forwarded. I, I, I don't know. They lost me after they had the... 80 women tag team match that fucking Stevie Wonder could have seen coming. Yes, exactly. Hey, did you see what's coming? Uh, Collar and Elbow released some new merch. Head over to CollarandElbow.com. They got some uh, Matt Cordona shirts now available. They have, they have like two or three new shirts up on CollarandElbow.com. So go check them out. Because they also have hats, hoodies, tees, vests, eye patches, masks, no snowshoes, no depends yet. Um, a lot of cool stuff. The apparel is amazing. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You guys know I have my Detroit Tigers hoodie on right now to keep the old Icy Hot on the arm, which is fantastic. It's burning like a son of a bitch right now, which means it's working. My arm's loosening up a little bit today, so that's good. Uh, you guys, got, you guys like collar and elbow, don't you? We absolutely do. I wore my Shad Gaspar shirt this weekend. Oh, fitting. Yeah, yeah. Fitting. Um, we have a promo code, though. If you guys are out there and you want to head on over to Collar and Elbow and buy some of this cool stuff, Chad, what exactly is that promo code? Can Crushers. All one word, capital C and can, capital C and Crushers. Mark, how much does this get us uh, – 
discount. 10%. You save 10% when you use that code. And, John, you're a stickler for these two things, so it's essentially what? Either or. It's either shipping on that order, which if you want it in, in you know, the immediate satisfaction, or you can count it as maybe parking. If you go to a baseball game and you want to park close, you think, oh, I don't want to. But you know what? I saved all that money using the Can Crushers promo code. I'll pay for parking here. It's like the Can Crushers pay for my parking. Yeah, we're paying for parking. You know what we're paying for next? Nothing. Because you guys are bringing the questions when we come back with Ask Can Crushers. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. This is the heir apparent Chris LaRusso, and you're listening to the Can Crushers podcast. Welcome back, Can Crushers listener. It is I, the English professor, joined by Chad the Glorious Guru and our host, Mark the Mark Martinez. And Mark, this is your favorite segment of anything that we do. This is Ask Can Crushers. People actually care what we think. I know, right? Unbelievable. Uh, I, I always say that the spotlight shows, when we talk to wrestlers, guys, you guys have to jump on board this. And we'll, well, never mind. We'll wait because we'll just, I love those. All right. Here we go. Ask Can Crushers. We got about 15 questions. These two jabrones are going to throw in a question as well. And I have that one that I teased during the last segment that John still doesn't remember. But let's start with Russ from. Well, hold, hold on. No. Hold well. on. I got to throw one of the questions out already. So listeners can't see this. John and Mark can verify. There, I threw it out. It's from fucking Pat Lupino. Fuck Pat. He's not getting his question on. Oh. Forget him. All right. Well, we have 14 questions. No, I'm kidding. All right. This one is from Russ from Plum, PA. So that's done around oh, you. Oh, the kicker. Um, that guy I hate on NXT, the kicker for the um, for the McAfee. McAfee. He's from Plum, PA. Maybe this is his brother then, Russ. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we should just throw this one out too if he's his brother. <laughs> All right, question is, with all the podcasts that have started since the pandemic, where do you guys really see yourself fitting in? Then he put in uh, parentheses, meaning a bunch of talent now has one. And uh, I, know, I know what he's referencing. Yeah, Because yeah. Chelsea Green started one, the Iconic started one. Uh, we talk about Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Zelina Vega, her real name, started one. Uh, like, everybody's now starting one, but where do we see ourselves fitting in? So, guys, go ahead. I think we have the ability to be a little more brutally honest. I don't think we'll ever get 
maybe I'm wrong. I don't think we can get the listenership of. Wait a minute! Uh, you so heard about what we had. See, this is my teaser. <laughs> what did I announce to you this past week, and I didn't tell Chad? Yeah, we're, we're like over in Japan of all places. We we cracked the top list of of podcasts in Japan. We're over. I'm not saying that, but you know the Iconics were a tag team at the highest level. So I imagine they can draw a larger audience. Um, I think you're going to get brutal honesty from Jeff Jarrett. Um, God love him. I don't think you'll get brutal honesty from Ric Flair, even though he doesn't really have his podcast anymore. Um, and the reason I say that is because he is still, you know, looking to hang around. I'll just keep it, you know, I'll put it that way. But, um, I don't think you can get the honesty that you get here because we know we're not we're not getting jobs uh, with WWE or NXT or AEW or anything like that. I'm not probably. Uh, um, some of these people that are out there probably want to measure their words a little more carefully because uh, they can go work for one of these people someday. Chad, I'm gonna tag along a little bit on what John said, you're, we're going to be a little bit more honesty because we're not attached. We're not, we don't have, well, we do have, you know, grandeurs of working in one of the major federations and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we're not, we're not tied in. We're not, you know, Oh, if we say something bad about WWE, they're, they're going to pull our funding and it's going to fuck us up, you know, screw us over. We're not in that. We're we're fans, so we're looking at what we're enjoying, what we're not, and we're being critical of it, one way or another. Uh, the other thought, as far as you know, the other ones, everybody's starting them up. Chelsea Green could walk back and forth for an hour and draw as many fucking people on there as she wanted. <laughs> Oh my God! How gorgeous is she? She doesn't have to say a word. Just have it fucking muted. Anyway, um, I echo uh, what these guys are saying again. Um, thoughts overall? I, I'd love to work for any of them. Honestly, even WWE at this putrid time, they call me and say, "Hey, Mark, you want to be a backstage announcer? You want to do something in media or something?" Yes, I'm going. Sorry, guys. AEW would be the Second that I'd want to go to, honestly, um, not WWE being first. Uh, NWA is where I'd want to go. So I, I'd love to, to jump on board with NWA, but that's just my thoughts. But where do we see, just like these guys said, we get to tell you how wrestling fans of, God, guys, let's, it's 40 plus years now of all of us being wrestling fans. I mean, we are, we are critical. If we don't like it, look, Back in the day, we would have covered that horseshit pay-per-view match-by-match, hold-by-hold. We just told you we fucking hated the match. We hated the whole card. And we moved along. There's not... We don't have to spend time on crap that we don't like. Um, we've always talked about we're not going to cover WWE because it's just horrible. That's a lie. We're going to cover it. It's wrestling. I'm still going to watch it. I'll make these guys say something about it all the time. And I do make them. Even when they say they don't watch it, I pull them in. To say, what do you guys really think about Roman? Oh, I did read this or something. So it's not that we're not keeping our eye on WWE. We're just not invested as much as we used to be in that brand. 
Um, long, long-winded answer. We fit in because we're legit diehard fans. Everybody in wrestling, as a fan, takes a moment off. But, John, you're sucked right back into the organization, the business yeah. again. You love it. After, what, about 10 years off, right? Yeah. About, Chad, you were you were stationed all over the world, so you really didn't have the eyes on it um, for a while. You you would be surprised, Mark. I actually got to watch, even when I was in Greenland, and when I was in Iraq, I got to watch the wrestling. We actually got the pay-per-views in Iraq. All right. Well, there you go. Wow. Um, we just tell it. We tell it to you like we want to tell you. That's where we fit in, and we're not going to pull punches. Uh, we love what I we do. Like it is, big man. <gasps> Jesse Ventura for you. I was Jesse Ventura one year for Halloween. Yeah, you were also uh, Jinder Mahal for his family. Yeah, we know how that one worked out. For it, one year for his family. So, Russ, that's where we fit in. Um. Listen to everybody's podcast, man. Like, uh, there's times I hate music right now. And it's not that I hate music. I'm just, you have to take a break from everything at some point. Music is now on my back burner. I love podcasts. I want to hear stories. And they're going to have more stories about being in the business. We're going to have stories about the business. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Russ from Plum, I hope you're not related to uh, Pat McAfee. But, thanks. Uh, this one is from Gabe from Durango, Durango, Colorado. I don't know where. Durango. Okay, I don't know where the hell that's at. Somewhere in Colorado. Chad has talked about a merger for close to a year now. With things opening back up across the country, do you think it's time, or will the companies now pull back and do their own thing? Chad, this is directed at you, so you go first. I still think it's happening. Um, and... To tie right into this, uh, you know, good good question. Uh, Don Callis is no longer in a um, not ownership but writing spot in Impact Wrestling. So with him not being in that, does that not lead that the actual owners and stuff like that are working? with the other federations, working with New Japan, working with AEW, working with AAA and everything, I I still think those, I think Impact is going to be absorbed into AEW. Um, I think the NWA is kind of going the same way. Chad, are you in a haunted house this week? No, I'm sitting downstairs, so I'm not as disturbing to the others in the household as I normally am upstairs. Jesus, it sounds like you have ghosts walking around. Well, I have a, I have about a four-month-old puppy that, you know, sounds like a fucking raging bull going through the house. Manny Fernandez is at your house. That's awesome. I have the Undertaker I, I, in mine. I didn't know how to translate away from a Manny Fernandez rep. Uh, comment on there, so yeah. John, what do you think of this question from Gabe? Chad pretty well covered that. Um, The evidence is there. It's kind of the direction in which they're heading. And I think it's the right move. 
not even necessarily to compete with WWE. I don't even think they care to compete with WWE. They'll take the shots at them on AEW. But more so for the the enjoyment of the fans and and to kind of grow their own brand, you know? Yeah, I I agree with both of you. That Are you going to echo those sentiments? <laughs> I'm going to echo it as well. That the... Uh, this is more for the fans, what AEW and Impact are doing. And I'd like to see where I'm going to call them the two littlers of ROH and NWA kind of trickle over to. Because you see NWA working with almost everybody except WWE right now. So, yeah, I I, I don't think we're going to get a super brand like maybe we thought. But I do hope we get a AWA super show where everybody's titles on the line, but nobody exchanges titles <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, so Gabe from Durango, Colorado. Chad, were you close to there? I, I Clearly, I just write it like an idiot, but I know you were in Colorado at one point. Now you have the sun that's beaking in through your window, so we can't see you. So you are just sucking at uh, Skype today. I would, uh, I would have to see where Durango is located to where I was. I was in, um, I was actually in Wyoming, Cheyenne, Wyoming, but uh, made trips to Denver quite often for Broncos games and training camp and stuff like that. Um, I would actually have to see where Durango is, but it just sounds familiar. I don't, I don't. If I didn't go through it, I might have been very, very close to it. Another um, reference, John, of us not listening where the hell Chad's been all over the world or what he does, and yeah, we're just yeah. putting him places. Yeah. That, like what? Last week he was stuck on a lake because I don't know. He went fishing someplace. We don't know where the hell you went, Chad. You were just fishing. That's all we know. Well, it was like when you left us and we just had to improvise. You were out in your yard swimming around mowing the fucking grass. Which I probably should do again this week, but we'll... We'll discuss that. It is uh, 336.6 miles from uh, Denver on U.S. Highway 285. Which, which way? It could be south. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Driving Denver, out of Denver and going. Now I know why it hits. I had to pick up my vehicles, guys. When I came back from no. uh, Germany, oh. our vehicles were in... Uh, they came. They come to certain ports depending on where you're at. Um, our vehicles were in Houston. We had to drive down from Wyoming. Durango. We went through. It was just on the route that we took. Okay. It, it's like a Pittsburgh to Philly trip. It's about five and a half, six hours. So is it? You clearly wikied it. Um, is I it just did? Is yeah. it big? Is it a city or is it like? Oh, I didn't look into that. I just looked into the distance from Denver. All right. Well, Gabe. Maybe we'll come and see you in Durango sometime. Thank you for sending us a question. I doubt it, but maybe we'll see a Rockies game. All right. Um, this one's from Dylan and the Boys. I don't know who the hell it is, but it's Dylan and the Boys. The boys, come on. The Boys from Ring of Honor. Oh, all right. So Dylan, then. And the Boys. My friends and I want to start a podcast. We would love to copy your shows. Well, we fucking have those franchise and copyrighted, Dylan, so stop that shit right now. We've already had an asshole do it one other time, and we put the kibosh to that. Um, how do I how do I continue to get guests every week like you do? 
You just bug them. You, well, you, you, you ask. You, you don't be a giant douchebag, first of all. Um, that's one of our things. Like, when we talk to guests prior to hitting the record button, we ask what's on and off topic. We, we talk to them for a couple of weeks to show that we're legit. We show them our, our website, stuff like that. Uh, and we're just not a schmuck down the road that wants to talk to, you know, Manny Fernandez, Barry Horowitz for an hour and not get anything out of him or prove worth to them. Go ahead. You guys can answer. That was my quick and dickheaded answer. It was dickheaded. Um, draw up a letter that you can send to them, you know, um, whether by email or, or any other means. Contact information for these wrestlers is out there. Um, if you have a local independent scene, Mark, you can vouch for this. A lot of those men and women are looking for a platform, so I, I think they'd be open to doing interviews. Uh, you know, it, it gets you some practice. Um, and then, you know, the big names are more approachable than you would think. They, they want to tell their stories. Um, they're generally very nice people. Um, so it it's not as, you know, uh, maybe difficult as you may be imagining right now. From the technical standpoint, don't ask me, ask Mark. But as far as approaching these wrestlers, again, more than any other sport or form of entertainment, I've never known entertainers to be as approachable as, as pro wrestlers are. They, they really are. Yeah, uh, totally agree with John. You know, especially nowadays, um, you know, your independent wrestlers, your independent organizations, if they get their name out by you doing them doing a, an hour interview with you or something like that, approach them. Um, you can't be shy about it, but don't don't be a dick. Don't be, you know, Mark, like, hey, bitch, you want to get on my podcast? I have never said that to anyone. Anyone. You said that to Jackson Argos before. Uh, I didn't call him a bitch. I might have called him a bastard. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, in all seriousness, just... You know, get it started. Get I, I would say before you try contacting a lot of people, um, get your thing started. Get some under your belt. You know, uh, listen to other podcasts outside. Always listen to us. Thank you. But listen to <laughs> other podcasts outside. See what see what's making the news. See what they cover. See what they get hold of. Hold on. There you go. What's up, buddy? Um, had to get a hug from the little guy there before he goes to church. Uh, listen to other parts. See what they're covering. See what's making the news. Um, you know, everybody. Guys that you don't like. Guys that you do like. Guys that you, you know, don't know. There's times. Guy, to... Yeah, people that you don't know. We'll talk about a, uh, another podcast that uh, started this started this week. Um, as far as you know, when you start to get the bigger names, there are some out there that will come on to your show basically for the advertisement. Um, we had one of those recently on one of our spotlights within the last two months. 
um, there are some that will charge a minimal fee. Uh, you really think about it, you're pulling somebody from, you know, Ricky Morton will we'll do podcasts as his time allows. He'll do as much as he can. He charges a, what I feel is a cheap fee for it. But look at what the hell that attaches to your podcast. Right. Right off the bat. Ricky Morton, 1,400-time world tag team champion. <laughs> uh, Dylan and the boys, I was joking. Um, podcasts are always, it's a community. Um, at, at first, I was angry about some stuff and everything. No, man, because I've been on podcasts promoting them. You, you heard the cross promotion that we did uh, a few months back, and I, I've been on Ringside Podcast with Daniel Spencer, that bum, and his guys from OVW. If you love it, you love it. Um, we've been doing this for roughly three, three and a half years now, and I'll be blatant. Don't think you're going to go out and make a million dollars on a wrestling podcast. You're, I mean, you have people like Al Snow and Arn Anderson and... Uh, Jeff Jarrett, they're making a ton. They have huge sponsorships behind them. You have to hustle to get those, too. Um, just link yourself at first, like I, like John said. Uh, link yourself with a, a smaller federation. Um, no disrespect to IWC. I love those guys there. and We'll talk about IWC a lot here in the third segment. But those guys are all willing to talk. I, I can text one of them right now and say, Hey, man, you guys have a show this coming weekend. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what's going on. Cool. They'll jump on. They love to talk. Build your name there. And then maybe they'll say something to somebody in their travels. If you heard about these idiots at Can Crushers, that opened us up to OVW. OVW opened us up to SOAR. And, I mean, we just, we are heard, and I, I'm gloating and bragging a little bit, we are heard all over the world now. I don't understand how the hell, and some people are like, What? How are we in the top 100 in Japan? I really don't know. It's wild. That they, they, they understand me. Yeah. And, and consistently, um, we're always transparent. We bounce in and out of the top 50 in the United States, but for the last two years, we have been the top 75 in the United States. So... Japanese listeners that may have taken English in high school are like, oh, maybe I'll listen to some English, and then they'll, you know, they've got to think, like, that one gentleman speaks like a professor. The other two, I'm not sure exactly what they're speaking. No, but one other quick point I want to make about this is, essentially, there's no competition. If, you, if you're running a podcast, there's no competition. People can listen to whenever they want to. It's not like you're fighting for that, that 9 o'clock slot on NBC on Friday nights. It's not that. Um, the more the merrier. There can't be too many. You find your favorites and you listen to them whenever you want. It's it's not like you have to – and that's how a lot of media works. That's how a lot of TV works today. There's a thing called DVR, Mark. You don't have to watch stuff live. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dylan and the boys. Good luck, man. Fucking still running VCR tapes. Dylan and the boys. And when you guys get your stuff up and running – Literally, um, we we have the technology. Invite us on. Uh, we'll have you guys on. Let's do a, a collab on maybe a shitty WWE pay per view. Maybe you guys will like it, and we'll be the other side ripping it apart. 
Or maybe you'd surprise everybody and we like a WWE thing. So, Dylan, wherever you guys are from. Have fun. Exactly, Chad. Have fun if you're like in Arkansas, West Virginia, Montana, whatever. Start start locally and then branch out, man. Just have fun with it. Uh, Next question is from Tristan from St. I I know two Tristans, so I don't know if this is the same person that I know. But St. Mary's is 10 miles away from us. A few years ago, you guys were so PC. What happened since Chad arrived? You guys curse more than truckers. What the hell? <laughs> uh, Chad arrived. Loosened everything up, I guess, <laughs> is, is the quick answer to that. I try to reserve them for when I really mean it. When I have no other words left at my disposal. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, we said earlier we try to be brutally honest. I think we do measure uh, our words to you have to these days. But at the same time, um, you know, if the spirit moves you and you need to drop it, you just need to do it. Exactly. Dusty Rhodes, testify. That's Devon, you idiot. That's Devon Dudley, you dumbass. Yeah, it's all Dusty. All right. <laughs> who is who is Menudo? What was her name? She like that she was, was a band in, in the eighties. No, Maria Menudo is that her name? She was in WWE. I don't know what she the, did. She interviewed the one people. That, the one that wore uh, white pants in a yeah. WrestleMania match and shit herself. God, is that what she did? Yeah. Um, she did a Dusty Rhodes impression. She was more like if we got involved somehow in WWE. She was a super fan. But when you go to pump your gas, she's telling you to go in the sheets and buy cigarettes or something. I don't know what she's doing, but that's what she's Mark, doing now. The brunette. She, she, I know what you mean. I just can't stop uh, laughing. It's like the Scott Casey fucking interview all over again. She... Uh, um, she did a Dusty Rhodes impression in front of Dusty Rhodes, and that's what came to mind because Dusty Rhodes like yelled "Testify!" because she was doing the uh, hard. She was saying hard time when a man work a job thirty years and they kick him in his ass and, and give him a watch, and Dusty Rhodes yelled "Testify!" which is what came to mind. You're right; it is Dudley, but her impression of Dusty Rhodes is what came to mind. Sorry, Chad. Sorry, guys. Before you answer, um. We found our niche. This is, we have somebody that can't talk, myself. We have the professor that just is. Don't forget that you can't fucking remember anything. I, uh, I can't remember names for shit. Right. I can't. You have the professor who is speaking the English of Queens. And then you have Chad. Whatever. Whatever you're announcing. You what I did there? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, then you have Chad. Brutally honest. Guys, this is. This is where we've continued to grow. Um, yeah. Uh, for me, I, I try, I try, wait a minute. Uh, I try not to MF as much unless it's a Saturday taping and we have about a six pack into it, which we need to do one of those soon again because I really like when we all just sit here and drink and just throw shit against the wall and see what happens. Those turn out to be some of our most listened to podcast. We should put a disclaimer. The guys drank today. So, boom! Shit goes nuts on those ones. Alright, Chad, so why are you not PC? Tristan wants to know. I'm, I'm just a bad influence, that's all. 
there you go. I I have always I I just don't sugarcoat things. I I some sometimes a lot of times uh, I let it fly. I just I try to be real. That's just me. If I'm offensive to some people, uh, I apologize. Unless you're, you know, Twinkle Toes McFinger Fuck Omega or Matt Lapino, Bastard Jock Sampson, or somebody like that. I, those people, nah, whatever. Pat Lapino. You know, who you're gonna need? So I got my fuck Pat thing in today. Which you're gonna need him soon. So I would probably get on his good side in October. This is true. Uh, Tristan, thanks. Uh, you're listening, though, so that's a plus. <laughs> uh, this next one's from Joey from Flint, Michigan. I know where this is. I do. Um, Flint, Michigan. Um, Danny Spivey beat the life out of Adrian Adonis in Flint, Michigan. True story. For real? Or Yes. Yes, Adrian Adonis used to like to work the undercard guys. Spivey was teaming with Rotundo, putting the big guys over. True story. It's an amazing shoot with Danny Spivey. Um, Adrian is supposed to have a run with Hulk Hogan. Uh, he just destroyed his face. He was done after that. He came back to like feud with Roddy Piper, but that's how long it took for his face to heal. Um, Stud and Bundy got all of Adonis's, uh, whatever you would call them, slots with Hulk Hogan, matches with Hulk Hogan. Uh, he says they didn't give me any money, but they were sure to thank me because they got all those paydays. Um, was that WrestleMania two time then? About that, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, like that, May, right up, yeah, right around this time. Shortly after, May, June, yeah. He had him in a sleeper hold. He just used to like to work the guys over and and, and uh, Spivey had enough. And then when they got to the locker room, even Bob Orton tells this story. Hillbilly Jim, Bob Orton said, Adrian, let it go, let it go. He's like, no, I'm not going to take that. Which, Bob Orton was his bodyguard, so I don't know why he didn't jump in. But he <laughs> uh, he went to leg dive um, Spivey in the locker room. And Hillbilly describes it like a shotgun hitting a watermelon. One punch, face exploded, and then he just... He wrecked him. Adonis kept coming at him, and he just kept opening him up. Like the late dive you gave me in home ec. Yes. Okay. Was that the one where he knocked you out? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And was that before or after he suplexed you off the bleachers? After. Before. 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 Yeah, before. Before. All right. All right. Uh, Flint, Michigan. Joey from Flint, <laughs> Michigan. Uh, can you guys each tell a story about meeting a wrestler that you met alone? John and Mark seem to always have the same experiences. Wow, that's because we're always fucking together, Joey. Yeah, yeah. Other than when we met Jake the Snake Roberts, which I've told on here before, but very well, quickly I'll... Which was the same experience, though. On different days, you said he wasn't as bad, but he, he was very pushy in telling me to buy a shirt. I had purchased... Two tickets online for autographs. So, I, you know, I understand. They have agents. I went to the Million Dollar Man. I said, hey, I purchased this ticket. May I have your autograph? He's like, yep, hang tight one second. And he went and got his agent. And the agent said, yep, this is legit. And so he signed it. We talked for a little bit. He was a great guy. Jake got up from the table just as I was approaching him and went to the bathroom. 
and his agent or whatever kept saying he had to go to the bathroom. He'll be back, back soon. I was like, oh, okay. He goes, you know, nature calls. You have to go. I'm like, yep. You know, when you have to go, you have to go. I'm like, what in the world is this guy trying to say? Is he trying to tell me, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Jake went to get high? When he – exactly, Chad, exactly. When he came <laughs> out, he was in the clouds. I mean, in the clouds. Uh, just had a foggy look about him. I said, hey, Jake, I'm a big fan. And he was very dismissive, like, oh, thanks. I said, can I get these two signatures? And he goes, buy a shirt. I said, Excuse me? He goes, buy a shirt. I said, no, thank you. I'm not interested in a shirt. I'd like for you to sign these for me. He goes, I'm not signing anything unless you buy a shirt. And I said, Jake, I have these two tickets I bought online. And even his agent's like, yeah, they're legit. You should sign that. And he's like, I'm not signing that. And so we were just kind of at a an impasse, I guess. Eventually, he signed it and, and kind of threw him back in my direction and these kids, little kids, came running up to him. And we're like, Jake, Jake, Jake. And he put his hands up. He was like, no, wait, to these kids. And he goes, this guy's not done talking to me. You have something else you want to say to me? I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And I was like, no, nah, Jake, thanks for your time. I think I'm done. But when I met the Honky Tonk Man, which was also without Mark, I told him that story. And Honky Tonk Man was like, I told you, that guy is an asshole. I've never said anything about him. That isn't true. That's my experience with Jake the Snake Roberts, guys, and I don't know too much different about him. Chad, you want to go next? Yeah, because I don't, I don't want him bitching about you and John going back to back. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go next. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say the my the best experience I've had. Uh, was at the um, meet and greet earlier in the afternoon before the Crockett Cup in 2019. Um, got to meet guys that I was absolutely, I was in awe. I was, I was like, I, I could have been seven years old then. Uh, you know, Magnum TA, Nikita Koloff, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express. But the one that stuck out was uh, Flip Gordon from Ring of Honor. You know, nice-looking guy, you know, pretty good shape, uh, everything. And, you know, we were talking, and he noticed the shirt that I was wearing. Just a little little thing over uh, my left breast where it was, it was uh, a veteran shirt in support of veterans. And he was like, are you are you a vet? And I was like, yeah. And I, I told him the information and here he had served also in the army. Well, as soon as he found out I was a vet, it was like, take a couple of steps back and And we were talking about, you know, a couple of places that we had been. Um, then the guy next to him, Bandito heard the conversation and he come over and it was just cool to connect on, a personal level with somebody like that um, and for him to take the time and everything like that the other one I, I gotta mention that was it was actually the first one ever was there was St. Mary's Wrestling uh, WWF it was at the time Backlund was champion and Jesse Ventura was there 
Well, this is in the days, you know, to where your railing was, you know, one or two fucking ropes that a 90-year-old grandma could get String. under. Yeah. Um, well, Jesse was standing back at the corner about as far as, you know, you could go away from away from the fans. I was like, and he was watching matches, and I was like, watch it. I said, watch this, Mom. I said, I'm going to go get his autograph. Why would you want his autograph? He's an asshole. I'm a little dude at this. I'm a little guy at this point. I go walking up to him, and I, uh, Mr. Ventura, uh, could I get your autograph? And he's like, not now, up in the ring. And I'm like thinking, oh, fuck, he ain't going to do it. Well, I was I'm the sure only one. seven years old, Chad thought, ah, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's inherited. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, so he goes up. He comes out for his match and goes up to the ring. And I'm like, I'm gonna go get it. I'm gonna go see. He'll give me his autograph. I'm the only one that goes up there. This is how hated he was. Reaching up and everything, and he looks down at me. Without breaking kayfabe, he, you know, cracks a little bit of a grin, reaches down, signs my uh, magazine. I think, yeah, it was the magazine. No, it was the uh, the uh, what do you call the program, John? The the card sheets the program. Yeah. Um, signs a program, and then he throws it at me, and gets he gets booze out the ass. Fun, just funny as hell. Uh, I have three. Uh, listen to last week's show. It'll tell you about the Jeff Jarrett one and how much he means about the, the painting and everything. Well, that was last week, right? Or two weeks? Yep. Two weeks ago. I think it was two. Yeah. yeah, two weeks ago when we did. Yeah. Um, so listen to that one. You probably already have. Uh, I always talk about the Piper one. Yes, John and Pat were with me, um, but we were separately in line. But the one I'll talk about today is in 1995, uh, I had a white Chevette, and I was sent to pick up Coco Beware at the airport for the wrestling event that was going to happen in town, um, in Dubois, Pennsylvania, which was, you know, 35, 40 minutes away. This guy is in the WWE. This guy wrote and sang the number one hit song, Piledriver. Um, has done everything all over the world. He's probably been in limousines bigger than my house. And he gets picked up in this white Chevette that has a broken window. <laughs> Windshield wipers that don't work. How the mighty have fallen. And just a shit show car. Why they sent me to this day, I don't know, but we had great conversation the whole way back. We talked about wrestling, talked about where we were going, and then once we got there, he became great fans with John's dad. Uh, just very familiar. That, that that was a good one. Picking up Coco Beware in an airport. It's, it's crazy, though, how this... This business will change on you in no time. You're talking about 1995, you know, as late as 92, 93, he was teaming with, with Owen and high energy and he was a WWF mainstay for seven or eight years. And, and two short years after that, he's cramped in the back 
of a Chevette, a two-door Chevette that says white farm equipment on it. It has so many nicknames. Uh, Joey, Joey, thanks for that question. That brought us down memory lane a little bit. And we found out a lot about Flint, Michigan. So that's good. Uh, Chad, why don't you do yours right now? Take a quick, uh, take a quick break from, uh, our fans and you throw us yours. Okay. This one's a little, little involved, but, um, of course it is other than shut up, asshole. Um, other than the obvious things such as the, the rise in social media, multimedia, and the decline of interest in wrestling. What do you think is the single most uh, event happening, uh, development, however you want to put it, that has hurt the quality of wrestling comparing let's just say mid-80s when wrestling was shit hot to now. And one other one you cannot use is the the, the territories. So, yeah, why, essentially, why is it not as good now? What, what's kind of taking some of the steam out of it? Yeah. MMA, UFC. I mean, as soon as that hit, we were getting those pay-per-views. You know, they were kind of expensive, and we weren't quite sure if we are all going to love it. So it wasn't just two of us at Mark's house. It was 40 of us at somebody's house we kind of knew from school, but we all chipped in. But we enjoyed it. I mean, the idea of – they weren't characters. They were fighters, but they were different styles. Um, You know, it, it's – we think it's corny, but – we got away from the tax man wants to fight whatever because he didn't pay his taxes, the sales tax on his business last month. It, it was different styles kind of coming together. Now, of course, it's way different. Now it's like weight classes and, and divisions and everything. But uh, I think UFC picked up where pro wrestling kind of dropped the ball um pro wrestling got a little too pc and you know you look at uh just as a for instance um chael sonnen against anderson silva like the conferences leading up to that and chael sonnen talking about like um silva being brazilian and the kids in his hometown drinking water out of mud puddles. I just harsh shit. But you know what? It sold fights. He went out there and got his ass beat, but it sold fights. WWE doesn't know how to sell fights anymore. So I think the UFC filled a need. And then beyond that, you have reality show writers writing wrestling shows and thinking that's what wrestling fans want to see. Besides what John said there, I would say this made-up word that's in my head, instantality, that, is that, that's not a word. That is not a word. Yeah. I know what you mean. That. Instant gratification? Yeah, yeah, but I don't like the word gratification, because that sounds too sexual to me. 
So instantality. Really, you're gonna go too sexual, but look what? at some of the women you have on your wall. That's different. Uh, um, everything needs to be done now. We don't have the buildup of the Flair and Dusty, the Macho and Savage, uh, the Macho and Steamboat. I mean, the nobody can enjoy a three month uh, saga anymore. Everything's got to be. All right, John's wearing a blue shirt today. I'm fighting him tomorrow. Done. See ya. Moving along to the next one. Chad's bald. I don't like bald people. Gone. Moving on to the next people. Your fucking baseball team sucks donkey dong. There's another reason why we'd fight. So we actually get two matches. Um, Just that there's there's not... I guess it goes with John's writing that it's just... People want it too quick anymore. A UFC fight... Essentially, it's a one-off. Maybe a couple of years down the line, you get a rematch. Da 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 da. But it, it's just everything's got to be lickety split, quick and done. So that's my thoughts. One thing. Good question, Chad. One. Thank you. The one thing outside of the obvious, like the you know the territories stuff like that that we've mentioned, that I've I've really thought about is. Nowadays, well, go years back, before there was guaranteed contracts, and I'm not talking, here's your downside bullshit, before there was guaranteed contracts, you got paid as the number of asses that were in the seats. Indie shows still do that. But I'm I'm the the loss of mainstream wrestling. I want to say, um, you got paid by the number of asses you put in the seats. Therefore, guys were whether you want to say paranoid. Um, I prefer to say they were more competitive because if you weren't delivering promos. If you weren't delivering in your matches, there was a hundred guys behind you ready to take your spot. Yep. Why do you think the Flares, Andersons, Rock and Roll, Road Warriors, and you know in the eighties, um, Hogan, everything? Why do you think those guys stayed on top the way they did through then because they consistently delivered. Now, when you get, and I'm not saying there's not great wrestlers today, or, but the match quality is down. Very, not very often do you get a great match. Um, the wrestlers today have been the guaranteed contracts. Here, you're getting, you know, $1.25 million dollars. They're going to get that money regardless. Okay, can they be fired? Yeah, but whatever. Um, They're going to get that money regardless of if they draw 2,000 at a house show or 12,000 at a house show. They're not getting any extra. Good question. That makes it, to me, that makes it so they don't, so they're not as. It's just not as competitive with guaranteed contracts. 
Yeah. Very quickly, what I'll add to that is we're also not as easily entertained. I was so upset about the pay-per-view that I just went and watched some old matches. I watched Big John Studd against, like, the, the big machine, which was Wyndham's dad, Mulligan. And he calls him, like, you know, I'm going to... You're not going to be able to slam me, you big, dumb redneck. And Girl Monsoon's like, well, why is he calling him a redneck? He's from Japan. We knew it was Blackjack Mulligan. But anyway, start to finish, maybe five minutes of, of big man lumbering wrestling. Then Bundy wrestled the other machine, not Andre, the masked superstar. Beat him, too. So Stud and Bundy both go over against each machine individually. By today's standards, those matches were shit. But there was something about the guys that made you want to go see them. Um, I think we were more easily entertained. In fairness to today's wrestlers, we were more easily entertained then because we didn't have as much access to it. If we could go see Big John Stud versus the Big Machine for three and a half minutes, sign me up. Whom do I give my $20 to and tell me where to sit? Nice. Nice question, Chad. All right, let's move along here. Um, a couple of these we're going to be able to rack out real quick. Um, Mark always points out something about wrestling gear. What is some of your favorite wrestler gear ever and now? That's from beautiful Becky from Beaver Falls. Do you guys know Becky in Beaver Falls? She put beautiful yeah. in front of it. I bet she is. I know where Beaver Falls is, but I don't know Becky. Beautiful. Becky. I know Becky Lynch, but I don't. I'm not sure it's the same one. Okay. So who uh, who wants to go first on this one? So re- favorite wrestling year? Yeah. That we had. Not that we had. Oh, oh, oh! No. I, I misunderstood. Favorite wrestling gear that uh, I'm guessing that has been out there. Now, do you like the Ultimate Warrior's tassels? Do you like uh, the Mass Superstars mask? Something that really, or like wow, man's uh, jumpsuit, Elvis jumpsuit was pretty awesome. All of them, white, blue, red, they just were awesome costumes. Um, personally speaking, stuff I've had that I've liked, I had a Hulk Hogan headband. I love that thing, <laughs> Chad. The. Uh... The two things, I'll go different direction. I always like the Rock and Roll Express's outfits. It was, I'd, I'd say the, the spandex, the, the colorful, whether it was the black, the red, the blue. I always liked their outfits. Now, gear-wise, I don't know if this is, but the NWA world title and the world tag team title the two belts my two dream belts by far are those and Mark is you know seeing them in person that's just oh my god you know brings back the the memories and that's exactly what those do whether it's you know Dusty Rhodes holding it or Ric Flair or Luger getting screwed in Baltimore the title or my favorite match of all time, you know, rock and roll winning the tag team titles from the Russians. What I consider the greatest match of all time, tag team wise, definitely. It's those those things I would have to say. 
Mine, I take a different way. I kind of, I look at like their entrance stuff is the way I'm looking at it. So pretty much iconic. Um, huge fan of the first rendition of The Undertaker. I, I love the gray and the purple. Um, that was pretty cool stuff. I'm betting you this question's coming from Becky because of the, the A&E programs that are on that they're getting all this stuff. I'm thinking that's maybe where she kindled that from. I don't know, Becky, if I'm wrong, you can tell me I'm an idiot and these guys are more on point. But the Undertaker thing, because when you, when you see that, that kind of pops. Um, Kamala's, Kamala's paint, even though it was pretty, you know, generic. Um, when you see the stars and the moon, I, Wrestling fans thinking Kamala. Um, favorite though, I enjoyed the Macho Man when he was Macho King. Like he always the glitz and the glamour that he had. Um, he kind of got away from trunks at that point and went spandex pants. And but his garb on the outside was, I think he had one of the best King stuff out there. Yeah. Booker's was pretty good, but I think Macho really brought it to the next level because no disrespect to Haku or Harley Race or even Lawler, that was just a cape and a crown. Yeah. Especially Duggan. That, I mean, he couldn't even keep that stuff on. It was falling in front of his face. Macho King had two versions, though. The, the first version, he had the purple, the royal purple trunks with Macho on the back, and he had the crown that went around. Obviously, they all go around your head, but there was, like, no top to it. It had, like, the big circle in the middle that said macho around the rim and then he had the golden scepter but i agree he was a king without that stuff like he didn't need the scepter and the crown when he got rid of that and went to exactly what you're saying mark that was like yeah he's a king he's a king he doesn't need all this stuff to be king i'll dress how i want to dress i'm the king um all right, beautiful Becky. Thank you for that question from Beaver Falls. This one comes from Larry from TikTok. So, yeah, we're, we're, I'm on TikTok, and some people send me questions there. Um, let's play overrated, underrated, or yeah, okay. So Larry gives us five names. All right, I have them right in front of me. And they're, they're random names. So you guys have to tell me overrated, underrated, or yeah, okay. This is a new game, apparently. Uh, I'm going to throw them out in order. Cody Rhodes. This is Larry. Larry from TikTok. Yeah, okay. Uh, very quickly, overrated. Cody Rhodes. Chad? Uh, he He's an in the middle for me. So he's a yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's where I am, too. Um, I think he's got a lot on his docket and a lot going on. In-ring's not always great, but yeah. I think what he does is, yeah, okay. So, um, next one up is Andrade, which is now whatever his name is, but he has Andrade written down. Underrated. Great talent. Uh, I gotta go underrated, too. That's three of us. Uh, Jeff Cobb. I was... That's what the name I was going to say earlier when I couldn't think of Bronson Reed. I always confuse the two of them. Um, underrated. He's a good big man. I gotta, I gotta go under, underrated in America. Um, because I've seen what he does in Japan, 
in how the normally reserved Japanese audience reacts to him and what he and his capabilities. Fucking dude is a beast. Just so you're in between underrated and yeah, okay. I think you said underrated. No, under underrated in America. Okay. But we that but then you brought up Japan, so what is he in Japan? Yeah, okay. On on he no, he's he's where he should be in Japan. He's oh, okay. much appreciated, I guess. Okay. Uh Nia Jax. What do you think of him? Oh, what do I think of him? I I think he's underrated. I don't know anything about Japan. I'm not letting you slide. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's all. Yeah, he's underrated. From what I've seen him do in IWC and across uh, other organizations in America, he he should be a gold standard. Um, All right, Nia Jax. I like her a lot. I'm a big fan. Overrated. Chad has left us. I say she's... Go ahead, Mark, for a second. I think she's overrated, too. Um, Sad to say, I I think she gets a lot of her push because uh, her lineage. Sorry, John. No, she's fine, but she's she's overrated, in my opinion. Nia Jax, Chad? Way, way, way overrated. That's three. And the last one... Uh, that Larry from TikTok has Shinsuke Nakamura. Underrated. Great character, brilliant talent. That I go the same way with John and reference right back to the same situation with Jeff Cobb. Seen what he's done in New Japan, where he's appreciated and used right. He's very underrated. Um. I'm going to be the oddball then. I'm going to be the oddball because I didn't see. I'm, I'm banking all of his stuff off of what I've seen. I don't. I don't still get the hype. Uh, it's a character that I have not connected with. A person I have not connected with. Uh, I think he's been given ample opportunities to do something. Uh, I know there might be a language difference or whatever. I, I think he's overrated. I really do. Nothing. Nothing against him. I just. Eh, I think Sylvan does a better Shinsuke Nakamura dance than Shinsuke Nakamura does. He does a really good Shinsuke Nakamura. Larry, thanks uh, for... I'll, okay, good. I'll say, Mark, I just want to put this on there as food for thought on on your thing. How many times, though, have we seen wrestlers shine in NXT? Holy fuck, they do great. Then they get up onto the main roster, and, you know, in in his case, he just, they they have him talk like he's constantly got shit in his mouth, or he's eating all the time, or they have Asuka screaming like she, you know, fucking hooked up to some electrical device, and she's getting shocked all the time, or it's called something. called TENS unit. I have one of those. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Uh, I'm just saying, I, I, no, I know where you're coming from. I do. I, I, and I'm throwing that out the window. It's just I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm not a strong style fan. All um, right, you're a uh, times up, Larry from TikTok. 
You see what I did there? It did. Nice. Uh, this one is from Becky from Louisville. So, you think she's as beautiful as the other Becky? I bet uh, she is. I bet you she is. I bet you. You think that the other Becky just sent it and said <laughs> she wanted two questions? Questions. Then I'm from Beaver Falls, and then I'm from Louisville. I didn't. Did, I didn't did actually check the email. Back? Yeah, damn it, shit. I don't know. And I don't remember where either one of these come from because I copy and paste them from wherever, from a DR or a DM, I mean, or the email, and I just put them in my notes so I have them all one. I don't know. Shit, I should have looked at the if it, email. If it's something about beautiful Bobby Eaton, throw it out. It's not. It's, it's boy, not. Boy, if we find out that Becky snuck two questions in there, boy, are we going to be upset. Yeah. Hey, guys, love your brand and love the truth. You guys speak all about the programs. That being said, of the three shows you guys do, which one do you love the best? I would love to hear that. So, For me, essentially, she's saying the weekly show, the spotlights, or the fantasy um, booking. Those are the three shows we do, John. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, boy, I'm going to say the fantasy booking. That That has not taken long to go right to the top for me. That's been so much fun, and I can't wait for Friday's show. Chad's oh. pondering like it's the no, save the world. Because like John said, I, I love the fantasy booking, and you know that, that was my idea behind it was for us to have fun and look at a time of – or bring it back to a time of fun from what we're going through. Uh, I honestly, I get the most enjoyment because I, I laugh out of our weekly shows in re the reviews and stuff like that. Because one week, you know, John could absolutely love this match. You know, whatever match it is. And, the rest of us would just shit on it. And then in that case, then we'll start, you know, bringing up John's, you know, discretions from the past, indiscretions from the past, you know, dressing up as a racist at Halloween. Stop! Oh, my God! <laughs> put, putting you in the hospital three or four times, you know. Uh. But it, it's, it's fun because we both have are we all three of us have different different likes different likes and wrestlers this is a question um, I thought we'd pick up some time on but I guess not okay Mark what's your favorite the interviews alright I, I love us getting together and doing these and I know you guys love the fantasy thing I love listening to it I do um I am a mark for that show. I don't do much on it. Uh, you guys have to entertain me, and you do. But the interviews, uh, top to bottom. I will talk to the janitor at the lowest wrestling federation in the world and get something out of them that I'll be like, damn, that was good. You know, I will say the reason, one reason I really love that uh, fantasy booking is it's given me an appreciation. You know, we, we complain, how do you release the iconics? How could they, you not get them over? Um, you know, we have rosters right now. 
and Mark, you'll say you're, you're you're listening as a fan, and you'll say, "Why does John want to use this person?" Chad, what have you done with that person? It's hard to fit everybody into a story. It really is, and you get an appreciation for some of the unfortunate parts of it, where someone gets released, or you know, I'm working on putting somebody in a certain story just for a little while until we get through the summer because I have something else in mind for them as fall approaches. Um, so just, you know, keeping everybody busy and working from week to week, I have a lot more appreciation for the people that book these shows um, and they're live every week. So yeah, hats off to everybody that works hard on the wrestling that, that we watch despite the fact that we don't always enjoy all of it. That, that's what that show has taught me. Nice. All right. That's from beautiful Becky in Louisville. Not beautiful Becky in Beaver Falls. Or maybe she was just there for the when she sent the email and she went back to Beaver Falls. I don't know. Becky, thanks. All right, this one's from Kevin from Copley, Ohio. Um, I actually know where that's at. That's uh, real close to Akron. In between yeah. Akron and Cleveland. I'm fairly new to the podcast, but I can tell you guys love what you are doing and have a passion for wrestling. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, my question is, if you could switch place with a wrestler anytime, who would it be and why? Uh, we answered this uh, probably last year or something, but for the newbies, um, quickly, uh, if we could switch uh, place with a wrestler. Are you going to give your you guys mocked mine. same answer? Yeah, hell yeah, I am. Are you going to give your same answer? I don't remember who I said. Uh, but you remember mine. Anything. I think I said on... Huh? But you remember mine. I remember yours. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have said Andre the Giant last time um, just to f- see what life was like in his shoes and some of the difficulties he had getting around. But essentially, like, we're switching places with a wrestler. Who would it be? Uh, Chad, if you have somebody in mind, go ahead. I don't want to give the same answers last time. Um, I, am. I don't even fucking remember this last time, so... <laughs> All right, so who would you be, and why? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give a joking answer and a serious answer. Um, joking wise, uh, I'd like to be Seth Rollins just because he's with Becky Lynch. <laughs> um, Fair enough. I, I just love her to death. I think she's a gorgeous woman. Um, on the serious side. AJ Styles, honestly, um, as humble as he is, uh, a family man, as talented as he is, man, I just it, it would be him. Um, yeah, I, I think I have an answer. I would switch places with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, knowing what I know about, about him now, he wasn't always my favorite. I, I liked him well enough. I saw him live. Uh, but I would switch with Hacksaw Jim Duggan because he is an example of everything that's good about the pro wrestling business. I mean, the, I don't want to say the business has ruined lives because that's not true. Sometimes people make their own decisions that, that ruin their own lives. But he, he's been with the same woman, has a lovely family. You know, even before getting married, he came from a good blue-collar, working-class family. He's just a good 
guy, and he tells you straight whether you agree or not. Um, but that's the thing. He is exactly what's missing in our country right now. And I'm being totally serious. Whether that character touches on reality or not, I don't know. He seems to genuinely love this country. And maybe he loves it for a different reason than I do or you do or you do. And that's okay. And he seems like the kind of guy that would disagree with you vehemently, maybe even get pissed off at you. But if you're his friend, you're his friend. And at the end of the day, we're all in this together. Um, and I'll, I'll share a quick story. We went to a big-time wrestling event in Altoona. And I don't know what happened. A fan got sick. She passed out. But she's standing there. And then the next second, boom. She, and we were in line outside. And she hit the, hit the pavement. She was down. And an ambulance came. And they had to, like, climb the steps to where we were and then bring her down on, on the stretcher. Uh, but while they were getting her situation, she was obviously going to miss the show. I mean, the doors were going to open any minute. Hacksaw got wind of this, came outside, and sat on the ground holding this person's hand until this person got taken away into the ambulance. Incredible. Just a good, good human being who showed that you can stay married can live a clean life um and who doesn't like a little weed once in a while relax everybody uh let me shit on you for a minute because the last time we answered this i don't remember who yours was chad um i don't remember who yours was either john it might have been under a giant but you're like what 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 and essentially that's why i said this person so to echo everything that John said, echoing, is probably going to be the answer or the name of this podcast. Um, I said Hillbilly Jim, and you mocked me. You criticized me like I was the biggest idiot. He had his run with Hogan for a while, so he's a mainstay in the WWF. He did his comic act with, like, Little Beaver and those guys. But he was always there. Somebody was always wanting to, you know, he was... There, he was a good guy, wholesome guy. Spent a good 18 months to two years teaming with Andre the Giant against Stud and Bundy. So you're absolutely right. He was at the top of the card. I, I mean, thought it was because of your love for farm animals. That too. That too. <laughs> but he's made a career after wrestling. He's on Sirius Radio on, I don't know, something, some hardcore channel or hard country or something like that. But he's just continued to be out and about that he does stuff. You know, he's not known by Hillbilly Jim now, but essentially what John said, essentially, you know, that's why Hillbilly Jim, I just want to say you mocked the shit out of me. And now after two years of maybe answering this question two years ago, you see the light and you realize it doesn't need to be Flair or it doesn't need to be Hogan or anybody because that's, that's a hard life to keep. My other one, again, it may be Jeff Jarrett. He's had a rough life, but what he's, you know, gotten through, um, I'm just all about Jeff Jarrett again. I hope I get to meet him again just to tell him. So, very quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> yeah, look, look at my interaction with Jake the Snake Roberts and my interaction with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. They are the best of friends. One was the other's best man. I don't know which way, if it was Hacksaw for Jake and Charlie the other way around, but... Um, 
Yeah, they're the very best of friends. So uh, maybe I caught Jake on on an off day. I don't know, but maybe but anyway, that was my experience with each of those two guys. Kevin, there you go, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Terry from Clearfield wants to know: After two years, do you believe AEW is really a competitor for WWE? Quickly. No. no. It, it'll hang around. There's no competitor for WWE. No. I don't. I I don't think so. Um, in any any way, shape, or form, uh, which is no knock against the talent. Uh, if you would have a challenge, okay, you put your pay per view on at the same time we put ours on. They they don't have the knowledge to put on a show like WWE does, and they don't have as much talent at their disposal. I think we're comparing apples to oranges. I think one is kind of entertainment at a time, kind of wrestling at a time, meaning AEW, and then one is strictly here's a movie and here's our stars for the week, uh, meaning yep. WWE. Yep, that's what well so, so it's just it's too different. But the answer, Terry, um, no, I I don't think there's competition. Um, it's all fans making it in our own heads. Um, I think they both last. Uh, WWE has lasted, but I think if there's a if you want to round this out and answer quickly, if there's a air quotes competitor for WWE, it will be AEW. I think they just have the backing and the money and the future more so than Impact does. So yeah. All right. This one is definitely from somebody in Pittsburgh or that neck of the woods. Um, Holly doesn't say where she's from or what she does or anything like that. Um, she says, who is Yin's dream interview? Uh, I would love to have a conversation with the Iron Sheik. I really would. Good immigrant story. Uh legit wrestler um bodyguard we, we know the whole story i'd love to hear it straight from the guy and and, and learn some new things about him uh, i aj styles oh, quick and easy there uh, e- easy enough um echo what i said in the last question um uh, i'd like to talk to hillbilly jim about being on the top tagging with Hogan and Andre and everything like that. And I know Jared has his own podcast, but we we think of some weird questions once in a while that aren't out there. Um, and I'd just like to talk to him for a while. I, probably somebody I'd like to go uh, to Olive Garden with. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. not, maybe not Olive Garden. So Holly, At least you didn't say fucking Burger King or McDonald's. Well, I'm a little bit classier than that. Uh, Holly, thanks. Uh, I hope you're from Pittsburgh because Yins is Yins is the Pittsburgh word. It is. Yeah. Um, to bounce off of Holly's, which non-wrestling star would you like to interview for Can Crushers? Gary from Texas wants to know. Non-wrestling star. Uh, speaking of Gary from Texas. 
I would like, honestly, to talk to. I can't think of his name, but he used of to like course. host. He used to host the sh- shows in Dallas. Um, real skinny guy, live from the Sportatorium. That guy. I'm gonna find his Mark name. Mark Lorenz. Is that his name? Resnick. No, Resnick was from AWA. Oh, that's I'd right. like to talk to him too. Chad, well, he's searching. Mark Lorenz was the one that real tall, real skinny, monotone. Yeah. Couldn't get yeah. any excitement out of him if you shocked him with a fucking stun gun type guy. I just loved him as a straight man, though. Yeah. Well, I went, I went a total different way with this one. They said non-wrestling personality. I was like, okay, not attached to the wrestling business, but... Um, first one I thought was good lord, uh, Carrie Underwood but uh, if we're going to go I, I, I would I, still I would still think attached to wrestling see I, I just that was the first thought that entered my mind was not attached to wrestling but if you're talking non non-realistic competitor um, good lord that's a good question because it's there's so many older guys that I would like to uh, talk to. I, I the first one that pops into my head would be Tommy Young. Nice, the, the referee. I could just imagine the stories, you know, road stories, match stories, you know, shit like that that you could find out from him. Oh. Uh... Um, it just fully rain, so it's Mr. T for no apparent reason. Jeez. I have you fucking serious. Farboy, <laughs> hillbilly, Jim, and now you got Mr. T. I I don't know. It just stuck in my brain. Why not? Why not talk to him? Um, the other one, the Hebner brothers. I'd like to talk yeah. to them. Yeah. It was Mark Lawrence. He is a Methodist reverend now. Oh. Yeah. Uh, my question, because we only have one left from the fans. John, did you decide on if you had one or not? Maybe. All right. Let me, yeah. Let me, yeah. let me, let me do mine first. All right. So, uh, generic, because I didn't have one, but I asked it. And Who's the diamond mind that they keep bringing up on NXT? Is this where we get Tessa? Because she is a diamond in the rough. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, I'll be honest. <clears throat> I hadn't given that much thought. I was just waiting to see what they told us. I haven't been thinking about who it could be. That would be exciting. Would be exciting. If it isn't her, I have no <laughs> idea. But... But she has been it the it I mean throw the throw the rumors out. There's fucking pictures all over Instagram and Facebook and everything like that of her with the NXT with well known NXT wrestlers at the performance center. Yep. You are not getting into there unless you have 
you know, unless you're filming a fucking TV show looking for lost treasures, or can crushers, or your can crushers, yeah. or, or the talent, yeah. All right, that was. I would so if we ever went to the performance center, I'd have you in the ring for a match, and then just have fucking Bronson Reed come down and splash you from the top rope. Cool. I don't know why I'm the one that needs to be beat up all the time and hated the most. It's easy. You're the mark. The guy that we want to punch. Yeah, you're the mark. He he laughed and shook his head at me because I had a Hulk Hogan headband. The guy who wrote to Matilda and had a mind doll was laughing at me. Uh, I have my question if we want to do it now yeah. and sing like the fans. Yep, fan, fan for, for last. last. Okay. Um, so in, in light of the fact that we just booked... Battle Bowl, which has intrigued my son. He said, explain it to me. I said, well, back in the day, teams were drawn at random, so it could be a Steiner and a Nasty Boy versus Lex Luger and a Road Warrior. And he's like, oh, wow, I might want to watch one of those. So in light of the fact that we just booked that and knowing I'm a tag team guy, which two teams would you split to form a new team, possibly the greatest team there ever was? Go ahead, Chad. I like how I, I just said a Steiner and a Nasty Boy, for example. I think we had this at one point, but did we? Maybe. I I would go with my two favorite teams of all time would because it could be interchangeable. The Stan Lane, Bobby Eaton version of the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, that's great. Any I, version I, I of think, that is awesome. I think you could switch any of them together because they had all had the personality. They all had the gift. That would be mine. Gibson and Eaton, Morton and Lane, Morton and Eaton, whatever. Yeah, any combination of that would be incredible. Good that, stuff. That's we all love that one. Yes, and I figured Chad would go there. If not, Chad, you. Um, so I went the other way. I went with Dynamite Kid and Bret Hart. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very close. I would split the Rockers, and I would split the Hart Foundation. And as much as they hated each other, I bet you Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels would have been an incredible tag team. Uh, I thought you were taking Jannetty and Neidhart. Oh, shoot. I wish I'd have thought of that. Oh, well. I'll stick with what I said. Would that tag team of Jannetty and Neidhart be better than the Road Warriors? No. What? No. The no, streak. The streak has ended. Yeah. The streak has ended. <laughs> no. And you know what? Just, you know what, John? Just like the Undertaker's streak being ended by by a trash wrestler like Brock Lesnar <laughs> your streak was en- your streak was ended by Mark oh. <laughs> I thought we were going to say something else so I'm not laughing now alright final question um, from a great fan that shares tweets and does everything for Can Crushers every time he has something up he puts it out there on social media for us Sending the love all over California is 
Camilo Ruiz, Ruiz, R-U-I-Z. Yeah, way to fuck that one up, Mark. You want to retape it and get it right? No, no. Ruiz. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Will Moxley ever defend the IWGP title on a regular basis? No, not on a regular basis. If they're working together, um, no. It'll become something that, you know, either becomes part of a storyline or a filler for a match or as a reminder that he has this belt, but that's about it. As long as he has it, as long as they're working together, it it won't be a regularly defended title. Uh, See, which way are we supposed to take this? Are we talking an AEW regularly defended title? That's all he said. I don't think in AEW. I'll answer real quick. I don't think it's going to be defended regularly in AEW. And IWGP still goes by the 90-day rule, right? That it needs to be defended at least once every 90 days. So he'll fly over, defend it, or lose it, or whatever. Um, yeah. He's not flying to Japan to go defend that title. That that belt is in the States for the time being. He's over there, John. He flies over to, to Japan to defend it. He does. Really? He does. I, I'm completely like... He, yeah, he's but, o- he's over there at a... I'm not saying he's over there every month because they're just picking back up their big shows and doing their shows. Every other, though. He's over there is a minimum every other month and tapes two or three shows when he's over there. That's wild. That mad respect. I didn't think anybody would be doing that anymore. That's got to be hellacious travel to go there and back that often. Yeah, mad respect. Totally wrong on that one. And as as nasty as it is, that's actually getting... Y'all have seen the Nick Cage dark side of the ring? Yep. John, have you watched it? Nick Cage. Okay, you're gonna, you're oh, gonna you hate it. Tell me about that, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna hate it, but you're gonna love it. This guy's just a fucking deathmatch trash guy. Moxley. This is a guy that Moxley knows. He's actually taken and had instances with that title at, at this these death matches when he's made an appearance for these people. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up this one by saying, guys, thanks for uh, all the questions. They were amazing again. You guys, again, uh, you think we say this just because we're idiots, but no. You guys bring great questions each and every time we ask for Ask Can Crushers. I love it. Thank you, Can Crusher Nation. Let's break kayfabe for one second. Was there a question from Pat and we really threw it out, or was there no question from Pat? There was no question from that piece of shit. He gave up on us then, I think. He's like, I'm not even going to bother. They're going to throw it out. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. When we come back, we have uh, a few more things to touch on. Some upcoming events. Talk about Dark Side and a uh, release from NXT. Hey, everybody. This is the Imagine Wrestling Champion, Spencer Slade. And you're listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. The best professional wrestling podcast out there. And I've got... Three words for ya. Fear the gear. Welcome back, Hand Crush Nation. It is I, the Glorious Guru. 
sitting in a luxurious suite that is a bedroom, I guess, and I'm nice, comfortable, got a lot of food, drink. Uh, we got Mark the Mark in that Detroit Tiger trap. And then we got the English professor in his study in the castle. We also have joining us in the studio for this segment the junkyard dogs, the can crushers of dogs have made it into the studio since I'm essentially home alone because they had to go out and now they just uh, followed me in. I was gonna say, did they just wake up? They did. <laughs> they did. They uh, one was looking like the Undertaker right next to me, and that would be Max, and now. Uh, Andre the Giant Miggy is just wanting to get on camera. But we have a lot of stuff to talk about, but we have to talk about it quickly. Uh, we had a release in NXT this week, and we kind of saw it coming for about a year now as Velveteen Dream officially released from the NXT. Where's he going? What's he do? Or does he sit on the shelf and come back in a little bit? B. He'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. Way too over, way too talented. Made some mistakes. Um, and then that ended up costing him TV time, and people kind of forgot about him. And it's just such a stacked um, brand that even a guy that good can kind of get lost. Um, but he'll be back. There or elsewhere? Yeah, you know, NXT. I don't think he's going to be back. Um, there's article I read, I think, on uh, Wrestling Inc. or something, that his release really wasn't due to the movement and the issues, that it was he had a bad attitude uh, when he wasn't getting a push, he didn't want to do jobs. He had problems with Triple H. Um, you know, you can believe what you want with it. I honestly see him signing with Impact. I do too, actually, in time. Uh, I think he's out of the spotlight for a while, and he's... I don't think he's back in WWE, uh, that whole brand. I, I think he goes... Um, maybe not right off the bat. We always have the Drew McIntyre thing where he was the chosen one. He left and look at him now. Um, he leaves, gets his name right, kind of straightens himself up and, and learns. We can see him pop up here and there, but out of the business, no, uh, impact. Um, maybe dabble in AEW either, uh, something like that, but he'll be around in time. Uh, dark side of the ring. Chad and I watched this, and I didn't know anything about it at first this past week of the the collision in Korea. Is that what it was called? Or the chaos yeah. collision? Yeah. Holy hell. John, you have not known or watched this, right? Correct, yeah. I, I binge-watched all that A&E stuff and then Dark Side of the Ring and then just kind of forget about it. Because you, you don't have to watch stuff live anymore. You can record it with recording devices these days. Um, or watch, anyway, no, I've not seen it. Or watch it on YouTube, right? Right. Because right. you, you still don't have a recording device. I have a VCR. 
<laughs> VCR. How do you record satellite with VCR? Yeah, you can't. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, no. I can pop old tapes in there and watch them, but no, of course you can't record anything anymore. So you'll have to watch this. Um, we'll touch on it, but we I definitely want to hear what you think um, in next week, maybe if you find it. Uh, maybe a snail will bring it to you. But, Chad, I didn't know how much this could have literally blown up the world. This was fucked up. Sorry, Tristan. But this was a messed up situation. Yeah, this, uh, I mean, I, I remembered the, the card. I remembered some of the matches because some of the the Steiner footage in their matches was used in their uh, their video packages and that when they were still in WCW. But I didn't know that this was, holy shit, this goes beyond their last trip, this, uh, what was it, Saudi Arabia, where, okay, oh, you don't got a fucking plane, how you getting out of here type deal. This goes way beyond that. Personally, when I got back, I would have beat the ever-loving fuck out of Eric Bischoff. Right. He did this behind. He gotten his, and John, you'll see this when you watch us. You'll understand. Yeah, I'm kind of more violent person. Soon as we landed and got off that plane, I'd have beat the living fuck out of Eric Bischoff. He did this behind like U.S. diplomats' backs and like all of this, and it was absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. If you haven't watched it, I know it was on Thursday night, and you know some of you guys are like me, you wait and watch it the following week or something like that, but crazy, 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 crazy. John, we don't want to, we'll, we'll dive more into it next week, but make Thank sure you watch it. Um, Amy last week was the biography of Shawn Michaels. It was on in the background. I couldn't care just because it was Shawn Michaels. Yeah, same. I, I don't watch that either. No, I plan to. Um, I'm somewhat curious, but I'm probably going to have the same. I'll watch it the same way you did. It'll be something that's in the background. And then the – go ahead, Chad. I, as much as I dislike him, he's right along the you know Kenny Omega line as far as people that I don't like. I, I saw reviews of this, and I was like, I I wanted to give it a, a fair shot, and I'm like, fuck it, I'll watch it. This did nothing to help him. <laughs> it just reinforced what a fucking douche nozzle he is. Douche nozzle. Um, he was. Everybody can change. He supposedly changed. Um. I just can't see this son of a bitch being changing after as bad as he was. Um, <clears throat> the first comparison I thought of, it's like fucking Charles Manson being in jail for 25 years. This is kind of what I thought of Michaels. I don't care that he's reformed or he's found this or found that. This guy deep down is an asshole. I've heard he's no different. I've heard if the cameras are rolling, he's one way. If the cameras aren't rolling, you know, you don't get the time of day, no matter who you are. 
And when the Undertaker, the Undertaker, who doesn't really like to say anything bad about anybody, says that Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty were nothing but fucking peckerheads. Again, that's why the Jannetty and Nightheart probably wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and last week's hidden treasure, or whatever the hell it's called, was Sergeant Slaughter. That was a, that was an all right one too. Like they knew going in that last week there was a pay per view on, so not probably put their goods on. Uh, I'm hoping. Um, no clue who tonight is, nor am I going to look right now. Uh, Warrior. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Again, I don't know. Yeah, I have. I've watched that. No interest in watching that. Uh, your brother Dom. Uh, we watched that uh, DVD together. Right. Self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior. That's, yeah, that's enough for me. Yeah. Have you guys seen the episode, the uh, Randy Savage episode? Yeah, absolutely. We talked about it last week. I I watched it, and his brother Lanny Poffo said, you know. He's very was very critical of it, saying it just made Savage out to look like a fucker, and he wasn't really like that. And they've not done that to anybody else. Every fucking one has pointed out the nasty shit side of the person that it's dealt with. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Lady Poff was a little bit off, just yeah, saying that out he, He's always going to defend his brother, which is the right thing to do, but... Two sides to every story. There's three uh, sides. Sure. There's three sides, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, in a divorce, it's his, hers, and then the truth. Yeah. So. Uh, let's talk about the events real quick that's coming up. This Saturday, IWC will be in Washington Wild Things Ballpark. Uh, main event is a stellar, stellar match. Josh Alexander will be defending the X Division Championship from Impact against... Uh, Can't Crush Your alum, Spencer Slade. I'm excited to see that. It's going to be an awesome match. It's a stacked card. It really is. Um, that's going to be a fantastic match. You have, I you, saw the announce that match, and that the first thing I thought of was that would be worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mark, oh. have you seen the women's match? I did. I you did finally get to see her. I do, and I'm excited. I, I hope it's a little opened that I can actually go up and chat with uh, Queen Aminata, that maybe this is something that we can work into the podcast. I'm excited. I'm extremely Don't excited. Don't forget Katie Arquette's a queen, too. I so I'm glad you specified Aminata, because they're both queens. Right. Uh, Katie's been on the show. She's the one that still has me yeah. doing this stupid ass time hop that I have on my phone that every day I have to look and see what I did in the past. Um, I'll never catch up to her record of three and a half years. It's probably now going on four. I'm hitting a year pretty soon. So I'm pretty excited that I keep doing this thing. Thank you, Katie. Um, Cole Carter's on the, on the, on the card against Julian J. You have, um, all the tag, all the champions, Andrew Palace is on there. They did announce that Reloaded 7.0 uh, is going to take place on June 12th. That's my favorite all-time pay-per-view event for IWC, so make sure you get to that. 
Um, John, is there another match that you would like to speak about? Money Shot and Anthony Young teaming up uh, to take on the culmination. I think that's going to be really good. Um, Money Shot, that's an awesome tag team. They're the best tag team going right now, and Anthony Young has a bright future, so I'm curious to see what they do as a six-man tag. Uh, you mentioned Andrew Palace. He's going to face the winner of Lebanon Don and R.C. Dupree, which is going to happen earlier in the night. So essentially, you want to be champion in IWC, you have to win two matches in one night. And then last month, we saw a little bit of a tease on this match. Big time Bill Collier is going to face Angelic in a super indie title match. Um, power and strength against speed and quickness. This is going to be a great match. I, I, I wish it was gory still. Nothing against Angelic. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the women's match just one more time. I want to make it clear that to Katie Arquette, I'm still really, really in like with her. <laughs> um, but Queen Amanada really is just something to behold. She's a beautiful woman. And both are talented ladies, and it's going to be a really good match. And it's title match, so it is. Yeah. hopefully we get. I I love Katie. You're in like I love Katie. I don't know the word for Queen Almanada. Um, I like <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, I hope there's a new queen. Katie, Katie can come back. The the ch- which is the, the chase is in no the the story's the in, the in the chase yeah the money's in the chase yeah that and update tickets continue to sell at a rapid pace this is awesome June nineteenth for Ballpark Brawl great matches uh, we're gonna announce some match card currently within the next two weeks is that's kind of it, it's out there but we haven't announced it announced it yet. Um, Jesse Goddard is going to be there. Al Snow is going to be in a match. Lady Frost, Ray Lynn, Notorious Mimi, Vicious Vicky, all from all over the place. Guys, we've had Vicious Vicky on the show. She's got an amazing story about being dead after drug abuse and then coming back. Um... We just had Big Trouble Ben Bishop on to help promote. We have a couple more coming up as we get closer. Cash Flow, one of my favorites from OV Dubs, is going to be there. Guys, tickets are on sale. It's 30 bucks for floor seats or field seats or whatever you want to say, and a meet and greet. $30 for wrestling great, returning bro. to Dubois. It's going to be a great event. So watch for posters. They're also coming out and about in uh, your area real soon as um, Chad's Miller, Chad Miller's assistant, the one actually running OVW anymore because Al's senile and old and Chad just is not there. Um, Stephanie Green is hooking us up. Stephanie's great. She's been on the show. So, John, it's your stick. Let's uh, get through this. Yeah. All right. Oh, wait. Nope. Nope. Wait. Nope. Chad. Sorry. sorry. I just want, we were talking about events coming up. Um, As Can Crusher Nation knows, we are going to, Mark and I are going to WrestleCade this year. Um, They're starting to really announce a lot of the guests. uh, Announced this week, Theodore Long, Teddy Long, 
Nice. Um, this one is so far the one I'm looking forward to. Diana Perrazzo. John loves her. Um, it has been officially announced Kane will be there. Mark Henry. Double A, Arn Anderson. And just announced yesterday, the Ascension will be there. So, a lot of big nice. names still Enjoy, to come. Guys. Yeah, a lot of big names still to come. That's uh, the end of November. We have a lot of stuff in the hopper that we'll be talking about because Can't Crush Your Nation. Able to spread our wings this year and fly, and we are going to. And I hope this opens up a lot. Um, I like Hamburg's. Let me just say that. Right? Hamburg's wrestling event. Yep, I like Hamburg's in wrestling. We'll touch on that in the near future. <clears throat> and we're not actually flying, we're driving, but with the way Mark drives, yeah, we'll, we'll be fucking flying again. We I thought you were using, like, a Western Pennsylvania term for burgers. Like, out of nowhere, you're like, I like Hamburg's. I do. You were talking about Hamburg PA's wrestling event coming up. Right. And you like Hamburg. And I do like Hamburgs. Um, Chad, you're right. We, we made it to North Carolina really quick. Really. Yeah, we were able to eat out at that uh, alligator place twice that day. Yeah. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch. All right, John. What do we got? Today we have, uh, well, every week we have um, Love Them While We Have Them. It's where we take the time to appreciate a wrestling talent while he or she is still with us, rather than waiting till they are no longer with us. Um, I, I've talked about, it's my turn to bring a name this week, I've talked about this guy the last couple of weeks, so let's just make it official and love on him while we have him. I don't think we've, we've talked about him before. The Hammer, Greg Valentine. We discussed him. I don't remember. We have. No, I don't oh, think we have. I think so. I mean, I've been talking about him lately because, like I said, I've been watching his matches with Ric Flair teaming up against the Andersons, and they're just brilliant. But does anybody want to go first? I'll uh, go. I'll go first. Greg the Hammer. I'll go first. Um, a solid mid card guy that'll always put in work for you. Can perform solo, as you saw with Roddy Piper in that dog collar match. Uh, one of the most gruesomest matches in wrestling history. But can also work shtick tag teams and make it fun. Uh, rhythm and Blues with him and Honky. Uh, the, dream, the Dream Team. If I really have to sit down, I love the Dream Team. I loved him and Beefcake, the way they work together. Um... As a favorite team, probably not because they were so dastardly and bad, but they worked well. Uh, a solid worker. Uh, he broke Wahoo's leg. That gimmick went forever. I love the later on in his career where he had that thing that he turned when he put the figure four on. That uh, people use it as it's a shin guard for soccer, and now baseball players use it for foul balls. It worked. It protected his ankle, but it effed up your leg the whole time. Uh, yeah, I I don't have much to say about Valentine. I have him winning the Intercontinental Championship 
uh, on the wall. So that's Greg Hammer. The, the one thing that I think sums up Greg Valentine is versatility. Didn't matter. Tag teams. That's where I was going. Like Mark said, tag teams, singles, um, corny shit. Uh, you know, when he was doing the, the honky-tonk man shit. Very, very solid in the ring. Um, he, you know, one of these guys that a short reign is world champion, one of, you know, he, he was, I think he would have been deserving of it. Um, but just, just his versatility. You want to brawl, he'll brawl. You want to have a scientific, you know, holds match we can do that that's um, what I think to him yeah I will echo your sentiment about versatility we tend to forget about his teaming up with Dino Bravo he betrayed Brutus Beefcake and joined Dino Bravo at Wrestlemania 3 that was a good tag team and if we're going to talk about versatility in tag teams, after he left WWF, after a long run, he said, like, Vince told me I have a job here forever. And forever in wrestling is certainly not forever. Uh, nevertheless, it was seven years, eight years, which is a hell of a run. Um, but when he went back to WCW, I want to say Terry Taylor. He teamed up with Terry Taylor, which on paper makes no damn sense. And yet those guys were believable United States Tag Team Champions. Um, that guy is a professional wrestler. He really is. And, and I'll go back to his teaming up with Flair and the psychology of, you know, keep Gene away from, from tagging only. It was the little things he did, jumping in front of the guy, pulling, reaching in and pulling the guy's trunks, you know, pulling him back towards his corner. Um, which maybe, you know, several years later we started to take for granted when we saw more teams doing that. This is mid-70s stuff. So this guy you know, had his finger on the pulse of, of what was hot and knew how to get a reaction from a crowd. And, you know, I told this story way back in the days of the professor's pontification. I saw him show up at an event the card was ready to start so he was super late um and a crowd just gathered around him and was giving him shit and you know hassling him all the way back to the dressing room and then when he came out later that night to wrestle rocky johnson he didn't have to do anything he hopped up and down like warming up and the crowd booed him um yeah terrific heel terrific heel didn't need to do much to to get heat so uh, to the hammer to the hammer cheers to being be here cheers to being here guys what a great show uh, a little bit long but that's what happens when you have ass can crushers and you have to answer all the pontifications from can crusher nation did i use that right kind of we're the ones pontificating really not the, they're not well they're wondering yeah, the pontificating is like, you know, going on and on about something like I do. Oh. Yeah. God. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Great show. Great show. Ponderings. We answered their ponderings. Maybe they've been pondering for a while. 
Yeah, because some of these were in a hopper for about three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, don't forget, uh, Spotlights come out on Wednesdays. Our fantasy booking comes out on Fridays. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Do I need to name them anymore? Probably not. You just, wherever you listen to a podcast, we're there. Head over to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts and hit us up. Send us an email at cancrushers69 at gmail.com. We'll answer everything you need to know, especially about the ballpark brawl coming to Dubois, Pennsylvania. And uh, you'll see us there. All three of us doing some sketchy job, I'm sure. You two probably the sketchiest. Sketchiest. Probably. Guys, got anything else to wrap this up before we head out and have some pizza and uh, beers? Great stuff today, guys. Great questions. Don Morocco put out a podcast. Started this week. No way. Finally talked him into doing it. Started Thursday, Mark? I believe so. Yeah. Look it up. I haven't done that yet, but look it up. Yeah. I have to listen to that. Guys, there's a lot of wrestling out there. We love it. You should love it, too. Remember, John. Just because you're trash, it doesn't mean you can't do great things. Called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. With a mouthful of food.